Hey guys, welcome to the Touchdown Table podcast. This is our first episode and this should be a fun one because we're going to talk about some of the big storylines from the week three games that just happened and possibly look ahead to some interesting week four storylines. Obviously, the season, you know, progressing quickly in a truly, truly unique year in 2020. So we've got some fun things to talk about and it's going to be a great time. So stick around. And before we get to those fun things that Ryan was talking about, just like to uh, quickly mention before we start talking, if you haven't uh, checked out our YouTube channel, uh, it's also called The Touchdown Table, go check that out. Uh, You'll see me, Tyler, and Ryan on that YouTube channel. But with this podcast, there is something a little bit different. We have brought somebody new in, and we're very excited to have him. Different opinions, the three of us, me, Tyler, and Ryan, we know most of each other's opinions. This is going to be a new thing for us. We're going to hear some new opinions on things, some new ways to look at things. Uh, Brandon Niwa joining us for this podcast. He should be here for a bunch of them, all of them, hopefully. We're excited to have him. And um, with that being said, stick around. This should be fun. Let's get to some football. Yeah, well, like Jordan said, welcome, Brandon, to the table, even though we're not sitting at the table right now. We're just talking in a circle. I don't know that. Oh. We're sitting next to the table. Yeah, we're right next to the table. Jordan's touching it, so it's still a touchdown table. Thank you for having me. Hey, you're welcome. Yeah. We're glad to have you. This is going to be fun. Yeah, so let's get right That's into it. where the fun begins. It is. Uh, we may as well start in a place that it's close to home for Jordan and I. You want to start with the Bears and Falcons game, just recapping some of well, the I figured we'd start on Thursday night, but then oh, of course. We'll yeah. move to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll start on Thursday night, but then right after that, we could talk about Bears and Falcons. Because that's, that's the order that I have it written down as well, so that'll be nice. So quick recap of Thursday night game. If you don't remember, that was the Dolphins at the Jaguars, and the Dolphins annihilated the Jaguars 31-13. to uh, It was not really close for very long. In the second half, I think Fitzpatrick threw maybe six passes because they were up by so much they didn't need to pass very much. Fitzpatrick ended the game with 160 yards, two touchdowns. Miles Gaston had 22 carries for 66 yards. Avante Parker, five receptions, 69 yards. Meanwhile, on the other side for the Jaguars, Gardner Minshew, 30 for 42 with 275 yards and a pick. Uh, And then Robinson had 46 yards rushing with two touchdowns and then passing or receiving, I should say. He had, uh, what is that? I don't even know what I wrote. I think it says 83 yards. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's kind of a recap of that game. Anything you guys have to say about that game? Yeah, you well, really, remember yeah, it really so quick. Ago. It does feel like a while ago, but it was just interesting how after week one, there was a little Jaguars hype train going on because the Jaguars started 1-0 when they were expected to be one of, if not the worst team in the league. But then they've kind of fallen down back to earth a little bit after the loss to Tennessee and now the loss on Thursday to Miami. But, I mean, there are still some bright spots for Jacksonville. Gardner Minshew's had his moments, and James Robinson, really a guy who's burst onto the scene, you know, undrafted rookie from an FCS school at Illinois State. I think he's been fun to watch, and he's going to – um. Uh, <laughs> apparently I say Illinois weird, so – um. That's something that you'll apparently find out pretty quickly as you listen to this podcast. But yeah, he is a guy who uh, has done nice things for the Jaguars. But also do note the Jaguars did not have DJ Chark for that game. So that obviously is a big blow for them. Their biggest receiver on their team. Uh, He hasn't done too well this season to start off. I mean, he's done all right. But when you're missing a number one guy like DJ Chark, it doesn't matter what he's been doing previously. It's just the defensive corners, they switch. Uh, so the best corner is playing on now a worse receiver rather than playing on DJ Chark. It just kind of messes with the whole game, and uh, it could really flip some scripts, and we saw it on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did. Uh, but I really like – I'm going to talk about the Jaguars first before I go to the Dolphins who actually won that game. I do just want to – I know, Ryan, you talked about James Robinson, uh, but how important he is for this team because Gardner Minshew, although he went to a college where he passed all the time, oh, yeah. he's not a guy who in the NFL is going to be that accurate, so they need a good running game. They lost Leonard Fournette in the last moments of the offseason, so it was very important that he stepped up 
and he did in a major way. Jordan, you mentioned he had 83 yards to the air and 46 yards on the ground. That's a pretty big gain for him. Two touchdowns. And two touchdowns as well. That's right. Mm-hmm. He's got. I'm glad he stepped up, and then to go to the Dolphins' side, I know they weren't looking good before this. They stayed in two they were good looking games. Right? Yeah, I mean, they, they, they played, played, two, good played two good teams. Exactly. Yeah, they played the Patriots and the Bills, who were mm-hmm. doing pretty and good. They, so far. they were competitive yeah. with both of them. They came in this game. They finally got their first win. Interviews after the game, you could tell all the Dolphins players were very confident with their team, and I like seeing that from them. Yeah, uh, I kind of like. So my perspective on this is that. Gardner Minshew, obviously he didn't come from a big school. He wasn't a very high draft pick. He mm-hmm. is talented, but it's just, I, I feel that Gardner Minshew has a lot of potential, but it's just the fact that I don't think Doug Marone is really the right system for him. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there were rumors about him I mean, getting fired at the end yeah, of last year. Yeah. yeah, If he went to like more of a Bill Belichick kind of scheme where I mean, it's more Bill like pass use anyone. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. You but saw it with Tom Brady, the pocket passer, and now he's got Cam Newton, the opposite of Tom mm-hmm. Brady, basically, and they're playing some good football. That's credit him. to Josh McDaniel. Absolutely, well, as well, yeah. of course. But, yeah. But yeah. I feel that yeah. Gardner Minshew is mainly more of a passer because he really – and what, else, what he also needs is he needs weapons and a better offensive line. True. Because – Jesus. Everyone needs that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, okay. Jacksonville's offensive line is very porous. They, I really could not think of a single name oh, on no, that I offensive can't either. line. Yeah, Cam Robinson, maybe, right? I have no idea. I couldn't tell yeah. you. I think I came out with Jaguars fans, if you exist, we're sorry. We don't know any of you. I'm sorry for y'all in Duval County. Oh, Juwan Taylor. <laughs> Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. 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 Second year. But I think Gardner Minshew also needs that other guy, uh, like a big X Factor kind of wide receiver. Yeah. More like. And I think DJ Char could be that guy. He's not a huge receiver, but I, I think what you're talking about is like a bigger guy who's going to really be a standout. Someone yeah, like someone Julio like a, Jones or something. Like a Julio realm. Jones, Devontae Adams. Yeah, like, exactly. Oh, like something like that. Like for the Dolphins, they kind of have that guy in Devontae Parker, mm-hmm. but they also have a good supporting cast in Miles Gaskin, Shaquem Grant, and Mike Kosicki. With mm-hmm. Mike Kosicki, he's re- started the season off really Kisicki. well. Yeah. I think he had like the most receiving yards by a tight end for like the first two I think or he three did, weeks. Right. Yeah, yeah so he has done really good. I feel like the whole uh, Dolphins, like the whole offense is good for Ryan Fitzpatrick right now, and it's groomed to where it's kind of like the future with Tua Tungavailoa. The, the only concern that I have for that team is can they protect the quarterback? Because mm-hmm. the Dolphins' offensive line isn't that great either. Like, their defense is really good with the signings of Byron Jones and Kyle Van Noy and a bunch of other notable signings. But honestly, the Dolphins can really get over that hump if they get that if they get a really good running back to support Miles Gaskin and maybe get a, uh, another um, wide receiver, more like a Randall Cobb guy mm-hmm. or something like that who is more of a possession receiver. Not a burner, but he can really catch the ball downfield and improvise when you really need him to. Yeah, and to mm-hmm. negate you, I think they kind of had that a bit in Preston Smith, or probably got Preston Smith, Preston Williams. Uh, last week he scored a touchdown. <laughs> That's <sucks. laughs> Preston Smith is, is somebody else, but I think he's been that good number two guy. Of course, you're always looking for a better receiver. I think they've done some good stuff. And going back to the offensive line of what you were saying before mm-hmm. uh, with the Dolphins, uh, Tyler has some stuff that he wants to say about it. Um, but I was just going to say, they did address that position. Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, way, yeah. They they addressed it, but with a rookie quarterback into a tongue of Viola. Um, he's a guy who got injured last year in college, and he's had some in, some history of injuries. You want to keep him safe. You want to get him hit uh, as least as possible, or not a lot at all when he's playing. That sentence did not come out right. Oh well, uh, but you just don't <laughs> want him to get you don't want to get sacked uh, because you don't want to flare up that injury again. Yeah, 
They did, uh, to add on to what you were saying, you said you were going to go to me, but they addressed their offensive line this year, and it's young. So Brandon Chase? Anderson, what? Chase? Uh, well, I mean, I could, I could get into who they were. So they dropped it. <laughs> you get my joke? I don't know what you're saying there. You said it's young. Oh, gotcha. Chase Young. Chase Young. <laughs> All right. But, yeah. <laughs> it's a young offensive confused. line. They drafted three offensive linemen, I think. They got Austin Jackson in the first round. Yeah. Then they got Robert Hunt and Solomon Kinley as well. So yeah. they did address it. And to, also to mention another notable player on that line is Eric Flowers. So yeah. although they're still working some kinks out, I think this is a unit by It's a young squad yeah. with any offensive or whatever with any blocker who's young, they're not always gonna come out and be a stud to start, but with some time in the NFL, with getting to know these defensive pass rushers, getting to know defenses, I think they'll improve and I think they have a good shot at being a pretty good offensive line in the future. Mm-hmm. I think the future is really bright for Miami. Oh, I think you know, both, right? Yeah, there's still all you know all ways to go in that process, but I think Brian Flores is a great coach for that team and we saw a little glimpse of you know the bright spots for that team's future on Thursday. I think there's more good things to come this year and in the far future. Yeah. Absolutely. One more thing that I feel like the Dolphins need is also another good tight end. Because yeah. I know Mike Kosicki is a good possession guy, but they don't really have anyone to help in the block slash running Good game. point. Because yeah. they have Mike Kosicki, who's a really good tight end in the passing game. You have Tyler Eifert, who's kind of old and washed up and injury riddled. Whoa. You, <laughs> you, but you don't have that That's guy who can come in in a two, like a two tight end set and be able to secure the edge. For the offensive line and run, yeah, for run. And Gasicki's a strong guy, but he is, that's just not his strong suit. No. He, he's an athletic guy too, and he goes out there and makes some good catches. You've yeah. seen it this year. You've seen it in the past year. I love Gasicki coming out of college. Tyler and Ryan both know it. I compared it to Jimmy Graham when yeah. Jimmy Graham was actually playing some good football. I know he's playing good with the Bears. We'll talk about the Bears in just a second. Yeah, uh, but absolutely, every team needs a good uh, tight end uh, for blocking. I think blocking tight ends are really underrated at this point in the NFL. Mostly at this point, we see tight ends who are going out and getting huge stats. You know, guys like Travis Kelsey, who's you know he's still a good uh, receiving tight end. But, Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> but he's just kind of underrated. You don't see that good blocking tight end. I think that's what they need. Like a Mercedes Lewis. Like a Mercedes Lewis. Absolutely. And if you're watching that Sunday night game this week, they were talking about Mercedes Lewis and his <laughs> ability to pass block. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he uh, did catch that really well. Good yeah, yeah, and that was um, that was Aaron Rodgers' second touchdown pass to a first round pick, and both of them were to Mercedes Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> kind of sad, isn't that? Yes, it really is. But I think we're ready to move on to our next game, right? So yeah, I think we are yep. ready to move on to our next game. And as we said it, it before, it's the Bears uh, at the Falcons. Final score of this game was thirty to twenty six. The Bears took it. Uh, the Falcons choking as usual. <laughs> uh, Trubisky started off this what game. What do we expect? Yep, mm-hmm. absolutely. Trubisky started off this game 128 yards with a touchdown and one pick. Uh, he had a 45-yard rush as well. Uh, but then he got pulled with those stats. Nick Foles came into the game. Uh, he's 16 for 29, 188 yards, three touchdowns and one pick. That could have not been a pick because Allen Robinson wasn't able to pull it away from him. It was kind of a 50-50 ball. Uh, so we'll talk about Nick Foles in just a second here, just finishing up some stats. Allen Robinson, 10 receptions, 123 yards, and a touchdown. He had a great touchdown reception uh, where he broke some tackles, got into the end zone. On the other side, uh, Matt Ryan, 19 of 38 for 238 yards, uh, one touchdown and one pick at the end of the game. Todd Gurley, 14 carries, 80 yards, one touchdown. Calvin Ridley, five receptions for 110 yards. Uh, and then on third down, both teams not doing their best. 4 for 15 on third down for the Bears and 4 for 13 on third down for the Falcons. Guys, what are your thoughts? Well, there's plenty of thoughts I have. Probably too much about this game. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, 
But, you know, I'll start with the Falcons so we can get into the Bears rant side of this later. I think that's probably smart for all of us. Yeah, I think that is. Because we're going to have a lot to say about the Bears, but, I mean, I have a lot to say about this Falcons team, too. Mm-hmm. Um, their defense, I'm just going to say it, it's terrible. It really is. Yeah, I know it was the first, the first half. Half. It was. In the first half, it was good. And I, I was saying this before their game. Their defense is really bad, and they were hurt. A.J. Terrell had COVID, and then they had a couple injuries. They had Denari get hurt during that game, who was their best corner yep. during that Two game. Picks, I think, yeah. So an already mm-hmm. bad defense was getting even worse as the game went on, and I feel like the Bears took advantage of that a little bit. But that side of the ball is just bad. Well, you said it perfectly, and there's really not much else to say. Look, they're, they're trying their best, but that's been a weakness of this team for a while. We know Matty Ice is a great football player. Calvin Ridley's is a young and emerging star, and Julio Jones has been doing it for a while. You know those three names are going to consistently do good on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Gage was out for this game, so that did – oh, he got injured during the game. Yeah. Uh, but that kind of hurt Matt Ryan in the offense a bit, uh, especially with having Julio out for this game as well. Uh, but still – they're a good offense. Their defense just not playing to the caliber that they need to. I think that's just – it's plain and simple. Let's talk about the offense, though. Any of you guys have any opinions on any offense? So, so for the on the Bears offense, I felt like, contrary to what Tyler already said, I felt like the Falcons defense did actually did pretty well in the they first half. They did in half. that game. I agree yeah. with that. They did pretty well in the first half until that one – until Denard – or what was his name? Yeah, it was Denard. It was Denard. Um – until he got injured, and then it just kind of all fell apart in the second half. The rushing game, David Montgomery, only 14 carries for 45 yards. Uh, and then their, their next big, their next um, leading carrier was Mitchell Trubisky on a one on a, on a one, uh, one <laughs> carry, 45-yard wow. run. Yeah. Which, there was nobody even in the general there? vicinity yeah. of him. And I saw the like, meme, too. <laughs> yeah, there was also a meme with Juju Smith-Schuster this week. I yeah, saw that one, too. <laughs> Ryan saw that one a lot. We'll talk about that one later. Yeah. So, uh, I felt like the offense this week was very pass-happy, especially with the depleted secondary of yeah. Terrell and Denard yeah. getting injured. Um, with Allen Robinson getting 10 receptions for 123 yards, Jimmy Graham just doing his thing, six receptions, 60 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah. And Anthony he's a red zone machine this year. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's what six eight. He's he's a pretty tall dude. Yeah. But to be honest, every time he's in the red zone, every time he catches the touchdown, well, he he does he, he was getting double teamed, time. but then. <laughs> Even when like he's one on one, I feel like he's always getting offensive pass interference. To me, he's always <laughs> pushing it off. And I'm a Bears fan, and I've come to like Jimmy Graham a bit more, even though I did not like him at the beginning of the season, just because he's been throwing touchdowns. I have to like him, but honestly, I think he pushes off a lot. But Brandon, going back to you, what are you, what are you saying? Um, other than that, I was I watched the highlights uh, the day of. I couldn't catch the game because I was at work, but. I saw Mitchell Trubisky. The deep ball is not his friend. And that, <laughs> not at all. No. That's just a fact. I, I read articles before the season started that, oh, that he's working on staying in the pocket and not like feeling the pressure and just trying to get away from it. And you can see it with the pass rush. Like, their pass rush is not the greatest in the NFL. I think it's but, the strength of their defense. Yeah, the but that defense rush. as a unit is not good. They were actually playing pretty good in the pass rush. I felt like at least when Trubisky was in, even when Foles got into the game, they were getting pressure on Trubisky. Now Trubisky needs to learn how to navigate the pocket, how to move out of the pocket. He needs to know when to move out of the pocket, when to stay in the pocket. I think those are things that he has to learn as a quarterback, and he just was not able to do it in this game. I think that was a big part of why he got pulled out because of what he was doing against the pass yeah. rush. He was not playing good against it. Uh, but they were getting some decent pass rush in, but it was not like anything yeah. like Aaron Donald level. Yeah. No. And, yeah, and what annoys me about that is, 
Brandon, you mentioned it earlier how over the offseason, Matt Nagy was trying to enforce Trubisky to stay in the pocket and get comfortable. But I've been saying this for a while. I don't know if I said it on the channel, obviously on the podcast. But Mitchell Trubisky's is on his best game when he's outside of the pocket. I don't understand why you don't change your offense to get your quarterback out of the pocket and make plays like that. Don't try and force him to stay in the pocket just so you can keep your offense. You have to build your offense around your quarterback. They didn't do that. And I think we saw Nick Foles was a lot better in this offense than Trubisky was um, even uh, his first year with the Bears. Well, Tyler, you yeah. mentioned Nick Foles, and let's just get into that right now. Uh, so I'm sure me and Tyler are definitely going to have some high opinions on that. Brandon and Ryan, you both probably have some opinions on it as well. Brandon's yep. shaking his head furiously. <laughs> uh, but as I said before, Nick Foles, 16 for, I think that says 29, 29 uh, 188 yards, three touchdown passes, and one interception in his debut for the Bears. And it was not even a full game. Uh, when they pulled Trubisky, uh, both me and Tyler said that they, I mean, first of all, background, if you didn't watch the game, they pulled Trubisky right after he threw a bad pick. Uh, I think it was a slant route, and he just looked like he was looking that way the whole time, did not even see the defender just step up right in front of it. An easy pick. Uh, so then right after that, the Bears were down by a lot. They put in Nick Foles, and I thought, okay, this is kind of too soon to put in Nick Foles. But I, I guess, I don't know if Maggie it knew. It did work, absolutely. We'll get to that in a second. I don't know if Maggie knew the magnitude of the decision he just made because by putting in Nick Foles, he just told all of Chicago that this is our guy. And basically everyone in Chicago but me and Tyler hates Mitchell Trubisky's guts. <laughs> uh, so when they see Nick Foles in the game, they never want to see Mitchell Trubisky step foot on the field again. Uh, I want to see him back on that field, but as I said plenty of times before, whatever quarterback is playing best, please play. Uh, but make by making this move, it seems like Foles is going to be their quarterback going on in the future, and he's starting next week. Uh, but going back to the game, uh, any thoughts on what he did no, in the game? I have uh, one more, or just in one more thing to say before we get into the game itself. Mm-hmm. But I believe this is a correct stat. I don't think Nick Foles has started more than eleven games in a season before. Yeah, we still have thirteen games left in the regular mm-hmm. season if we make it there, which hopefully we do. Yeah. Um. So I mean, the stats are telling you that Trubisky's going to get another shot. That's that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, But now let's get into uh, what Foles and Trubisky did in the game. Jordan, uh, you kind of talked about it a bit in terms of their stats. Uh, I think Trubisky didn't really play that terrible. No. Uh, it wasn't that ah! bad. I mean, it, it was not terrible. It like, wasn't Trubisky's good. had a lot worse games than he yeah. played. He was not playing phenomenal. It was an off, a bad defense. We talked about it before. You should not have 10 points at the point in the game where they did. Yeah. I think at halftime they had... Uh, 10 points maybe or something like that and then I said before the game if they don't score 20 points against this defense and that's just horrendous now luckily they did they ended up scoring 30 points not thanks Uh, to Mitchell Trubisky (laughs) not thanks to Mitchell Trubisky absolutely I don't think he was playing awful I think that if they didn't have the pressure of Nick Foles behind yeah I think he did play worse against he hasn't really played a really elite defense yet and you know and even even some of the good players on some of the defenses he's played in these first three weeks of the season have been hurt and the, the reason I think they well, first of all, Matt Nagy said it was a gut decision to pull Mitchell Trubisky, put in Nick Foles. Tyler does not agree with that. He'll talk about that in just a second here. Uh, but what I think he did it, well, first of all, gut feeling. Also, it did uh, create a spark for this team, for the fan base. Uh, there was obviously no fan. Well, there was fans there, but not really uh, because they were just like friends of the Falcons players and stuff like that, friends and family. Uh, but it was a big move, a big spark for the Bears, a new quarterback in, a new hope, I guess you could say, go back to Star Wars. <laughs> um, and the spark worked, like I said, three touchdowns and a win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did. Um, you talked about Matt Nagy, I want to get into this now, in terms of his <laughs> gut feeling. I don't think it was a gut feeling. There has to be something that's going on behind the lines, either Nick Foles 
is playing really good in practice, Trubisky's playing bad in practice, or he's just mad because Trubisky cannot implement his offense the way he wants it to. And we've seen that throughout the years of Trubisky trying to learn this offense. It's not working. We saw Foles went in for a quarter and a half. It was so much better. I don't think it was a gut feeling. I think he went into this game and probably went into the game with his coaching staff saying, okay, if we're losing this game against this defense and we're not putting up any points, then we're just going to put Nick Foles and in. And then that, that bad interception be just solidified that decision. And then, yeah, yeah, he was done with it, and then he told the offense coordinator, hey, go tell Trubisky he's out of this game. Let's put Foles in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, I, it did work, though. Like, it, let's I mean, not forget that. It's a rash decision to yeah. do during a game when you're 2-0. and Okay, but I, I really felt like no one really expected Mitchell Trubisky to become the full-time starter, take the team, no, and you know, you start all 16 I games. Him to play. I, I expected him to play more than <laughs> You two didn't games think that, though. No one did. Those two games. It just seemed a little it was a matter of when, not if. Like we said times, it worked. Yeah. I had made this prediction earlier. I was talking to my dad about it, and I said, there is no way that Mitchell Trubisky, as, as soon as I saw the Bears sign Nick Foles, I told my dad, there is no way that Mitchell Trubisky is going to be a starter by week five. And look, here we yeah. are at the beginning of week four, and he's not the starter. But I felt like Nick Foles coming into the game uh, really had a positive impact on the offense. Uh, Threw for three touchdowns. The pick could have been avoided, but hey, that's whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched the highlights of Mitchell Trubisky before he got pulled, and he was the he was really struggling on the deep ball. Like yeah, I well, saw, yeah. I saw like that's nothing new. I mean, yeah, yeah that's been he saw years. Th- I saw three wide up receiver was downfield, had like five yard separation off the corner, overthrown by like five ten yards, <laughs> and either that or threw it out of bounds. So I feel like the strategy for every single team that plays Mitchell Trubisky is get pressure on the quarterback. You don't have to worry get about pressure the on the quarterback yeah, exactly. and m- m- just cover short, make him throw deeper. Because yeah. yeah. he tends to miss those deeper throws, deeper sideline throws. He's able to hit the ones towards the middle of the field, but if he's he got to throw a streak or a nine route, something no, way deep Anthony down the Miller. field, absolutely. Yeah. He, he, does, he does tend to miss those sometimes, too. I think that's his strength is throwing towards the middle. But I feel like when he throws towards the sideline and when he throws deep, that's when he's worse. So cover up those other spots, and that's what defenses have been doing. And, Brandon, back to you. Absolutely. I think Mitchell Trubisky is not – this is going to be very controversial, but I don't think Mitchell Trubisky is the quarterback of the future for the Bears. So I, I agree. I don't think that's a very controversial statement. I'm I think sure most people, people Bears right fans, yeah. and not agree with you. I feel like even <laughs> if you're not a Bears fan, you still, for some reason, don't like Mitchell Trubisky. Oh, trust of me, course, I don't. There's, there's the memes. Yeah. Yeah. There's me, all the memes about Trubisky and how he, he sucks. And even as a Bears fan, I'm forced to laugh at them because you know I sit there and watch him, and I like him that's more true. than most, if not all, Bears fans in the history of the world. Uh, but and yet I still am able to laugh at it. I hope he's able to make his way back on the field at some point. Of course, I don't hope Nick Foles chokes. I hope he plays good. Um, so I, I don't really even know what to say anymore. I want Trubisky back. I want the Bears to win with Foles. So whatever happens, just just keep winning Bears games, Bears, and hopefully it'll all work out. But I did want to talk about one thing uh, about Nick Foles. Um, during the game, I was a little bit skeptical because I still wanted to see Trubisky playing. I didn't think they should have pulled him. Like he'd, he'd missed... Uh, a short throw, it was like at one yard throw towards the sideline in the flat. He missed that throw. It was like, oh, Trubisky might have made that throw. Uh, stuff like that. You know, the critical things that everyone says about Trubisky. Because um, whenever people are watching Trubisky, he makes one bad throw. Everyone else just starts yelling at him. And then uh, I was kind of doing the same thing yeah, towards Nick Foles. Well, yeah. Um, it's really just our dad who's not calm. <laughs> if we're, yeah. we're going to be honest here. Uh, but what was I? Okay, that's what I was saying. Uh, so I was skeptical the whole game, and then that touchdown pass at the end to Anthony Miller. 
Uh, that was a beautiful, beautiful pass. A pass that Mitchell Trubisky would not make. Hit as he threw it. Did not follow through whatsoever when he threw that ball a dime right into that the hands amazing. of Anthony Miller, who actually caught the ball this time, and the Bears were able to win the game with that touchdown. That was a phenomenal throw. And hopefully Nick Foles can continue to make plays like that. And if he does, I think he'll solidify his job as a starter for Chicago Bears, and hopefully they'll keep winning games. He got the Colts next week. Mm-hmm. I have one more thing before we move on to the next game. Absolutely. I feel like the plan for Chicago is kind of more of a, they're kind of more in a win now mode and they're kind of getting desperate because you're not going to have the cap space to re-sign Akeem Hicks, Khalil Mack and all your defensive stars. Mack's on a defense a decently long deal, so I won't have to worry Isn't about it like for a bit of time. Years, like I think it was five years. I don't know what it is, but it's, it was a lot, it's a lot good. of money. Yeah. We got him for a good and, amount of time. And you guys also did get like two first round picks for him too. So yeah. Um. Hey, we got a first round pick this year finally. That's <laughs> true. Let's <laughs> trade it away. Again. Um. But I feel that, like I said, the Bears are definitely in win now mode. But I feel they're win now mode. They're not in the mode to actually win now. Exactly. <laughs> that act that makes a lot of sense. Actually, it sounds like it wouldn't, but it does. Though I think the way that the Bears should go is try to get younger, but also build up their skill positions, and also try to build the offensive line. So I think. Oh yeah, that's two true. Moves they played better this year. That yeah. line has. They didn't really invest in it that much though in the off season. Yeah, well, they got someone from Seattle. I'm blanking on his name. I don't know why. Oh, Fetty. Yeah, Jermaine Fetty. It's my fault. I didn't say it. Two moves that the Bears should do. That the Bears possibly should do this offseason. Possibly look at getting rid of Mitchell Trubisky, depending on how Nick Foles plays this season. If he wants to stay with the Bears, sign as a backup, I guess. But he's not going to get a lot of money. Because think about it: this quarterback draft class is loaded. You have Justin Fields. You have Trevor Lawrence. You have Trey Lance out of North Dakota State, who's playing out of his mind right now. And then you, I think Spencer Spencer Rattler is also in this draft class or in the next one. I think he might be the next one. He I don't think he one, not regardless, yet. Regardless, the quarterback talent in this draft is really really good. Depending on how the Bears finish, they could possibly even look at those two guys. Look at any of those yeah, three guys. You never but, know. Um. So that's definitely one of the moves that they could possibly make. Another one would definitely try to get rid of agent like older. Uh, yeah, past their prime. Try to clear some. That's cash mainly base. on a defense too. Some of the secondary is a little yeah. bit older. Uh, like Ryan, how old is Deshaun Gibson? Do you know? I don't know, but I saw you got the game-winning pick for you he guys. Did. He also had he a really bad older. player. Yeah. Oh, okay. But, <laughs> he made uh, up for yeah. It. I feel like they should try and get rid of aging veterans and expiring contracts and yeah, try and to get younger. An example of that: they re-signed Danny Trevathan and they let. Nick Kwiatkowski go to the Raiders. Yeah. He was underrated, I felt like, Kwiatkowski. They really should have, that should have been the other way around. I think Kwiatkowski had a much brighter future, and Danny Trevathan has been one of the worst defensive players um, <laughs> this year so far for the Bears. Mm-hmm. But that's just that. They'll probably move on to the next game, because it's taking longer than I thought it would. Yeah, yeah well, uh, that one we were talking about the Bears, and for two of us, we're Bears fans. We haven't got to the Packers and the Texans yet. I'm sure those ones will yeah. go a little bit longer, because we got two fans will. of those teams as well sitting here right now. Uh, Ryan says they will for the Texans, his team 0-3. We're not there yet, but we will be hopefully kind of maybe somewhat soon. Next game is the Rams at the Bills. Ooh, I want to talk about uh, this one. Yes, Ryan, of course, wants to talk about this one, and we will let him talk about this one. Uh, Bills had a huge lead to start this game. Then the Rams made their way back, and finally the Bills were able to finish it off, able to score. Well, they scored a touchdown, right? Yeah, yeah at the end. Yeah, you know. it was a touchdown that uh, solidified them winning the game. I'm saying that word a lot today. 35-32, to 32, uh, the Bills were able to pull it out. And then uh, Jared Goff, 
23 for 32, 321 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. He also had a rush touchdown. Daryl Henderson, 20 carries, 114 yards, and one touchdown. Cooper Cup, nine receptions, 107 yards, and a touchdown. Robert Woods, 74 yards on five receptions and a touchdown. And then on the other side of the ball, Josh Allen continuing to play some phenomenal footballs. 24 <laughs> for 33, uh, 311 yards, four touchdowns, and one rush touchdown. What one rush touchdown? Rush down. Yeah, maybe yeah. should. Uh, then one pick. Then Devin Singletary, thirteen carries, seventy-one yards. And Cole Beasley read, led the team with six receptions with one hundred yards. Right, Ryan, you want yeah. to talk about? I started talking about Josh Allen for us. I will. You said he had three hundred and eleven passing yards, was it? Yep. So heading into this year, he did not have a three hundred yard. So yeah, he did not have a three hundred yard passing game in his career. Um, before this yeah, year started. Three. And now he's got three, and one of those was actually a 400-yard passing game. That was week two. Yeah, that's not 300. You can't count that. Well, it's like more than that. It's better. 300-plus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 300-plus. You know what I mean. But, you know, just that stat alone really says a lot, and I feel like that there's still a lot of things Josh Allen could get better with. But we're seeing the improvement. We're seeing the chemistry he has with his upgrading receiver, receiving core. You know, Stefan Diggs is doing nice thing. They're building chemistry very quickly. Just, you know, three weeks in, you can see that connection is doing a lot of great things. And Josh Allen, you know, the things he was good at, he is still good at. And some of the things that we needed to see him improve on, he has improved on. He's still got the arm strength. He's still mobile. He's still making every throw you need him to make for the most part. There is the, you know, the occasional accuracy concern. But I do think one thing that I want to mention, but I don't want to take too much time because I could talk about this Bills team for an hour. Um, I think Josh Allen, he's making better decisions. He understands that you can't make every play with your rocket arm. Sometimes you have to throw it away or take that sack or just, you know, um, dump it off to Devin Singletary. I think he's becoming a smarter player, and that's what tends to happen as these young guys progress and, and you know, get more experience in their early years in the league, Josh Allen now in year three. So I just love um, what Josh Allen, and that's really this whole Bills team is doing. I think that um, they're one of the 3-0 and teams that is finally starting to get the attention they deserve, and I expect a... Uh, continued improvement for Josh Allen and a bright future in Buffalo. Those fans deserve it, too. Yeah, Josh Allen's been playing out of his mind right now. He is in the MVP conversation sure. at the moment with some other big names, and de deservingly so uh, with the games that he has put up so far. As Ryan said, he still has some things to work on. He's still a younger player, but he's also been playing some very good football uh, up there in Buffalo. Uh, but there are more people on this, these two teams than Josh Allen. Ryan, you talked about the receiving core for a bit. I like them as well. Stefan Diggs as well. John Brown, who I don't think gets as much attention yeah. as he should. He got injured in this game. Hopefully he'll be able to come back. Have him on my fantasy team. Oh, John, you got me zero points. Okay, I, I won by a lot this week. Um, but I think that's a very good receiving core. And those two names we just talked about, they didn't, they weren't the leading receivers. It was Cole Beasley. Yeah. Just yeah. shows the depth that they have. I was just about to say, they got great depth on offense, and they got two good running backs now on offense, yeah. the Bills do. But I want to talk about this. Zach game. Moss was injured, but yeah. Well, yeah, but I'm saying in general, they yeah. have two. Uh, but they, I want to talk about the Rams offense now, just to switch gears a little bit, and hopefully go through these games a bit faster. Um, but I mean, I really am enjoying what I'm seeing from the offense, and that starts with um, Jared Goff and Sean McVay. I think a lot of it is play designed by Sean McVay, but Jared Goff is playing very well so far this year. His I receivers are playing some good football, too. I mean, Jared yeah, Goff, you got to give him credit, but he's also yeah. got a great crew of receivers there, and they're playing some of their best football. Yeah, you mentioned some of them earlier. Um, and, yeah, they're playing really well. And I know they got down in that game, but it wasn't like the Bills dominated. If you go back and watch that game, I know they were up by a lot. But the Rams would slowly creep in and then make a mistake, and then the drive would be over, and the Bills would just go score 
uh, touchdown after a couple of calls went their way, and then um, they got back in it. Or, I'm sorry, the Rams got back in it. Um, but, I mean, they were never – and then they almost came back, but they were never out of that game. Their offense was still playing good the entire time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah then... they were playing pretty good the entire time, and the stats showed it. I read them off to you before. And the Rams, uh, they're, what, 2-1 and one now? Yes. After this game, they've been playing – Really good this year. I didn't think they were going to play as well as they did. Um, I didn't have them being a good team. I did not have them competing in the NFC West with a a good group of teams. But now I have them competing there. We saw it uh, against the Cowboys. I wasn't expecting them to be good in that game. And they won that game against a good Cowboys offense and a decent Cowboys team. Uh, So they're playing better football than I thought they would. Um, I'm kind of warming up to them a bit. I'm warming up to Jared Goff. I'm warming up to this offense and this defense. Aaron Donald is playing another great year. No yeah. surprise. I mean, that dude's just knocking people over left and right. Just using his menacing size and scaring all offensive linemen around the country. Yeah. Um, well, now I want to talk about the Bills' defense really quickly. It's looking a little worse than last yeah. year. Yeah. Uh, but the offense is kind of taking the place of that and saying, it's okay, guys. Like, we'll, I guess we'll play better this year. You guys can take the year off or something. I know there's it's still not a like lot of time. It's like they're playing bad. Yeah, they're yeah. letting some teams back into games yeah. that they shouldn't be. Like, yeah. even last week, in my, or two weeks ago, well, it depends on what you call it, week two in Miami, you know, they let the Dolphins back into that game, and, you know, that was, you know, almost a shootout when it felt and like that was Buffalo also with, there was, was, a, there was a pause in that game. Yeah, that could have been a factor, you know. There was a, was a rain delay. Oh, no, it was a lightning was delay. a lightning delay. I know what you're referencing. Don't worry. Uh, but that could have been a cause. But, yeah, their defense has been playing worse than they were last year. Of course, last year they were playing phenomenal, so it's hard to play that good again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, well, let's move on to the next game. Uh, I have the Washington football team, or as I like to call them, Washington at the Cleveland Browns. Uh, not a very <laughs> not a very close game, 34 to 20. The Washington Sentinels could have been so much better. <laughs> you know what? They'll they, have they a name eventually, yeah, probably. Next year, they will change it. Although, to be honest, I do like their logo. I like, no, the, I like the W. Yeah, yeah we've talked about that. I think that. they should keep the W, but just like put something around it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyways, but not just football like game. I was talking about, we probably won't talk about this game for too long because it was not the most exciting game yeah. this week. Uh, Dwayne Haskins. 224 yards with two touchdowns and three picks. Not all of them were very bad interceptions. Uh, Gibson had six carries, 49 yards, and a touchdown. Terry McLaurin, four receptions, 83 yards. Adontrell Inman had a 17-yard touchdown pass uh, and an 11-yard touchdown pass to him. Uh, there were five turnovers by the Washington football team, uh, not teams, and they had uh, two sacks. I think I don't remember if the sacks were... I think they got two sacks from their defense. Yeah. Uh, the, on the Browns, Baker Mayfield, 16 of 23, 156 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Baker Mayfield stats not that good, but when you get to the running backs, boy, they led the oh, team yeah. this week. First of all, Ryan's guy, Nick Chubb, 19 carries, 108 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Kareem Hunt had a nine-yard touchdown reception. And then um, for the whole team, they had 158 rush yards in total. Odo Beckham Jr., four receptions, 59 yards. He was a re- leading receiver this week. And then Miles Garrett had a strip sack as well. Mm-hmm. Just to cut in, the two sacks that the Washington football team got were from one from Jonathan Allen and the other one from Montez Sweat. Yeah, and Chase Young left that game. That's, so. about, that's exactly what I was about to say. I was going to say the important thing to mention is Chase Young did leave that game. If he stayed in the game, there could have been more sacks. Yes, probably. There probably, probably would have been. would have been more sacks. Uh, Haskins had three bad interceptions this game. He had a lot of yards. I mean, he still doesn't have any good receivers around him, really. Terry McLaurin's playing all right, and then yeah. he's got two touchdowns, but still, uh, he needs more help. 
offensive line needs help or he needs help with a receiving position. Washington running football back. team needs everything. That's yeah, true. Yeah, just about. Well, they got a good Except defensive for pass line. Rush. Except yeah, for that's pass true. Rush. Their, their defensive line is playing pretty good this year. Um, so just all around from the, from Washington, it's what we expected this year. Yeah. Um, yeah and then going to the Browns, I talked about before that rushing attack was very very brutal this week yeah best one-two punch in the league i think it's gotta be you You look at what you know uh nick chubb and kareem hunt both did you know it's two guys who really can make an impact you know they could rotate them in and out and you know they're both hard to spot to stop they're different types of running backs yes you know and they really both do their job very well they and you know defenses you gotta essentially prepare for two starting running backs because they're both that caliber you know Mm -hmm. i kind of expected this from nick chubb but i did not expect kareem hunt to play at the level he's playing but he you know him him and you know nick chubb are really really a great one-two punch and we kind of could have expected this if you think about it with, you know, this Kevin Stefanski system, you know, he ran the ball a lot when he was with the Vikings, so it makes sense that that kind of translates over to Cleveland, a lot of heavy sets, a lot of two tight end sets, and yes, a lot of running that football, so I'm so excited to continue to watch Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt just ground and pound, and you mentioned, you know, even with all the points the Browns scored, what did Baker Mayfield have, like 150-something passing yards? Uh, 156. Yeah, so even in a big win like that for the Browns, you know, still, you know, the the running attack is the name of the game, really. Yeah, and with Kevin Stefanski there, it's what you expect. So, I was, uh, I just had a little note on Baker Mayfield. I was watching Colin, Colin Coward, how, oh. how controversial that guy is, but <laughs> um, Colin Coward made a statement that really resonated with me, and it said that... Uh, he does not like Baker Mayfield. He does not like Baker <laughs> oh, Mayfield, really? but he, in that statement, he praised him. He said, like, under, not really praised him, but if the stats are, if he's throwing under 21 passes a game, I think he's like 6-1. and one. And if he throws more than that, he's a really bad ratio. It's <laughs> a very interesting stat. I feel like Baker Mayfield, they draft John Dorsey, the former GM, drafted him to be the star quarterback. But for what I really think in Stefanski's offensive system is that he should be more of a game manager with that two-headed monster of Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb in the back in the backfield. If you draft any guy number one overall, you expect him to be that. Yeah, yeah. But that I feel like that. You also got to think Baker Mayfield has also a lot of pressure on him. Oh, absolutely. And Any first-round pick does. Obviously. Yeah. Again. <laughs> again, the Browns' offensive line isn't the greatest. It's serviceable, but it's not great. Yeah, they they made some additions. They've gotten least. better. Like yeah. Right, yeah, they made some additions to it. But. If they can, if they can shore up that offensive line and maybe get a wide receiver three, because yeah. Austin Hooper, I drafted on my fantasy team. Yeah. Hate the guy. I, 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 I drafted on my fantasy team. He's been not been doing great. Not really helping out in the passing game. Three catches for 25 yards. But Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry have really been underperforming. They were yeah. last year, too. I mean, they're two very good receivers when they were on their own respective teams. They were playing very good. When Odell was with the Giants, he was playing good, even uh, with, with Manning. And then when Landry was on the Dolphins, he was playing good. And then when they came together... Uh, you thought, oh, this LSU connection getting back together, they're going to go off, and they just have not got together. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I feel like some of that might fall on Baker Mayfield, him being a oh, rookie yeah. and like yeah. a second-round talent. Like, they're not a second-round talent, a second-year talent. But I feel like, like I said, I feel like in Stefanski's system, he should be more of a game manager, like not yeah. throwing more than 25. In Stefanski's system, I agree with you, because yeah. he is a run-heavy guy. You saw it last year with Minnesota. Exactly. And they're still run-heavy over there in Minnesota, except they haven't won a game. Yeah. <laughs> that had been a point I was waiting to make for a while, but you guys did a good job of explaining it. Yeah. Um, with Stefanski's offense, I feel like it was – I was a little concerned about it, but if they run the way they do in that offense, uh, no pun intended, running, uh, mm-hmm. then I think they'll be fine Funny. on offense. Yeah. Uh, 
in terms of Washington, I think Dwayne Haskins has got to play better. I know we're oh, yeah. getting short on time, but that's yeah. all I'm going to say. Yeah, well, we were talking about Kevin Stefanski with the Vikings last year. Let's get to the Vikings game. I talked about how they are now 0-3, and that's courtesy of the Tennessee Titans, who beat them 31-30 in that game. Ryan Tannehill, 23-434, yards with a pick. Derrick Henry, 26 carries, 119 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Khalif Raymond, who I'd never heard of before, had uh, three receptions for 188 yards. Uh, and then Davis had five, Corey Davis, five receptions, 69 yards. And the leader in this game, uh, Stephen Gaskowski, who we saw struggle yeah. on Monday night. He had six field goals yeah. in this game, six for six, a 39 a 31, a 30, and then let's just go all the way to 50s. 51, 54, and game-winning 55. Yeah. Three weeks in a row now for game-winning kick for Gasowski. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a veteran at it. Uh, probably shouldn't talk too much about the kicker. I'm not yeah. trying to... Well, the kicker led the... Shade. I mean, let's yeah, be honest game, here. The, the kicker, kicker led the Tennessee Titans to victory. Yeah. Hey, you're right. I'm not hating on kickers. I mean, you got to score touchdowns. Let's talk still. about... Yeah, let's talk about um, the offense of the Titans because touchdowns were not... Um, a plenty, yeah, no. uh, abundance. Some good words used there. <laughs> um, but I just felt like you see Ryan Daniel. I mean, he's playing all right so far. The rush, the rush game is not what it was at the end of last year. That's something I kind of predicted would happen. Yeah, they played season. good. I mean, he played fine. Yards, two touchdowns. Yeah, That's but better he, than fine. I mean, they fed him a lot, but it, it was more towards twenty-six carries. Yeah. yeah. But I just felt like it wasn't as established as it was before. I predicted that. I think it's more later on the year when they start to do that. It wasn't bad. I mean. The Vikings' defense was playing okay, yeah. and they were able to run on them and pass on them when they needed to. Um, but it just wasn't enough, clearly, because they weren't getting the end zone enough. I mm-hmm. feel like the Tennessee Titans definitely need uh, another person in the backfield, because uh, I don't think... They had Dar- Deion Lewis last year, but he's gone. He's yeah. Derrick Henry is not the type of guy you want to feed for 26 carries a game. That's just way too exhausting, especially mm-hmm. running for... He's a bruiser, but at some point he bruises himself. Yes. Exactly. So I feel like they need... Like, uh, they definitely need another uh, running back in the backfield because the next best rusher that was in that was in that game was Ryan Tannehill. He carried the ball for four, four times for nine yards, mm. and the next running back was, was a lot of yards was Darrington Evans, <laughs> and he ran for nine yards again. So I think they definitely need that reliable running back number two, and then I feel like that would definitely propose like launch that offense into another dimension because that because with the wide receivers that they have, Corey Davis, John Smith, Adam Humphreys. A.J. Brown has been out. Yeah. A.J. Brown has been out, but it looks like Khalif Raymond has been able to pick up the slack. But I feel <laughs> like... The, is that going to stay that way, though? Yeah, <laughs> let's pump the brakes. But I do feel that they definitely need that next running back, too, to take the, the little bit of the load off of Derrick Henry. Yeah. Uh, I agree with you. Uh, before we get to the Vikings, I just want to mention Christian Fulton got a sack in this game. Yeah, um, good so to see the rookies get their you know first yeah, significant plays. Um, now to the Vikings, Kirk Cousins, sixteen for twenty-seven, two fifty-one yards, three touchdowns, and two interceptions. Two bad interceptions. Dalvin Cook, twenty-two carries, one hundred eighty-one yards, He's two good. touchdowns. Justin Jefferson had himself yes. a day, seven receptions. 175 yards and a touchdown. Uh, one of those was for 71 yards. Adam Thielen, three receptions, 29 yards, and a touchdown as well. And then Kyle Rudolph had a phenomenal touchdown catch. Yeah. As for some reason, he always does. <laughs> he does always seem to. But it was refreshing to see, uh, first off, Justin Jefferson play the way he did. I felt like that was a matter of time before we saw a performance from him like that. You could see he was confident towards the end of the game, dancing yeah. in the end zone on one of those touchdowns. 
Uh, I mean, he, he yeah. played good. For the same one from really, LSU. the star of this offense this year has to be Delvin Cook. I mean, well, Kirk Cousins played year. his best game, but he still Definitely threw two Kirk. bad picks. Yeah. So I feel like it's, it has to be Derek uh, Delvin Cook. Sorry, we were just talking about Derrick Henry, mm-hmm. um, who is the leader of this offense, and that's how they can succeed. Do what they did last year in the running game, and kind of like what Brandon said about Baker Mayfield, don't make Kirk Cousins. Uh, someone who has to throw the ball more than thirty times, so it's more be a of a game, game manager. manager. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I Especially feel like they have to do. It's older and older. Um, yeah. Defensively, I thought they did a good job of obviously stopping them from any touchdowns. They held a lot of field goals, but they got to play well earlier in drives because it's just not a completely built defense right now. Well, yeah, and they yeah. also lost a lot of key guys. They did. On yeah. Defensive line. They lost Xavier Rhodes. They lost Everson Griffin. Didn't they lose yeah. Daniel Hunter? Uh, I think. No, Daniel Hunter is still there. He's still there. He's still there. Iverson Griffin is somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that defensive unit is definitely depleted, especially with Xavier Rhodes. Like, Xavier Rhodes. He got a pick six this week. That's fair. Yeah. (laughs) But who are they playing? (laughs) We'll get to that later. Xavier Rhodes was a big cornerstone of that defense. But you saw, like, late in last season, he was getting burned almost yeah. every day. He got burned by oh, Devontae he Adams, and he, Devontae Adams is not a fast guy. No. Like, he's a guy that can get you off the release, but he's not a quick he's, guy. Yeah, he's got great footwork. He's a great route runner, but he's not a speedy guy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, I feel like the Vikings can probably return to their original form if they get like one or two more good corners on their team. Yeah. Like, they, like Jordan said, they got to pick six this, this game, but... I don't think that the, their coverage. Xavier corners. Rhodes did with with the Colts. Oh, yeah, but, yeah. The Vikings definitely need to shore up that secondary. Anthony Harris is playing out of his mind right now. Yeah, yeah. They do have two young corners though. They got Mike Hughes. They got Jeff Gladney. So it's still yeah. you know a young secondary, especially in certain parts of it. So that will take time, but um, definitely something to note. Those two young guys. Yeah. We'll continue to watch these two teams as the season goes on. Well, uh, some question marks around these teams, but one of them playing some better football than the other as the Vikings are 0-3. Okay, anyone have anything else to say? We're going to move on to the next game. I'm getting some head shakes. No. So we're on to the next game. It is the Raiders at the Patriots. The Patriots won this game 36-20. to It was close for a bit. It was 10-13 to in the third, and then the Patriots just kind of pulled away with it. Derek Carr in this game, 24 for 32, 261 yards and two touchdowns. Josh Jacobs, 16 carries, 71 yards. Hunter Renfro, six receptions, 84 yards and a touchdown. Uh, by the way, two fumbles lost. For the Raiders, uh, Carr lost one, and Josh Jacobs lost one. And then on the Patriots' side of the ball, Cam Newton, not, not side of the ball, but on their team, 17-28, to 162 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Sonny Michelle playing some better football. Good to see him back playing uh, better than he had been before. Nine carries, 117 yards. Uh, Rex Burkhead, wow, he did some good stuff. Six carries, 49 yards, two touchdowns on the ground, and one passing, one through the air. Uh, and then... Uh, 49-yard, what does that say? Oh, oh yeah, that's I know what that says. Now, Burkhead led the team uh, with and receiving with 49 yards receiving. Um, that's saying something. Uh, Cam Newton, I feel like Cam Newton was the right quarterback. He was the right option for this team. He's, like, what, 31, 32 now? He's still, yeah. I wouldn't say he is, he's in his prime, but he's very close. He is obviously declining because he is getting older, but those legs are still fresh, and he still has, obviously has the ability They're to fresh, the and he worked out a lot over the offseason. Exactly. And the time that he was not on teams. Exactly. But, again, with Sony Michelle also taking the load off of nine carries for 117 yards and a 13-yard average, that he played really well that game. But the, I want to talk about the receiving game. 
you, it's kind of, I think it's kind of a problem where you have where your lead receiver only has forty nine yards. Yeah, that's a little that's a little strange. And your lead receiver is a running, a running back. back. Wow. Who, then, I mean, Rex Burkhead has some big games. He's he's known for kind of doing some like popping up in a game and then going back off uh, and then popping up again randomly throughout the season. Uh, but still, Rex Burkhead. I mean, he can be a receiving back, but he's not like James White, who is that receiving back who you expect. To get uh, 49 yards. No. And then you have Nikhil Harry with two receptions for 39 yards. I don't know the targets, but I think it's safe to say after one season, I think Nikhil Harry might be a bust. Yeah, no, I think it's a little too early to be talking about that. Yeah, I mean, wide receivers go to New England and seem to fail there every time they go to New England. It's just not a place that you can strive in. I think Nikhil Harry had the talent at ASU. We saw a lot. I was very high on him coming out of college. Yeah. I think he still has the potential um, to be a great player. Right now, he's looking like the number one receiver on this offense, although mm. that's not saying much because yeah. he's still much. a Julian Edelman. They're not throwing Julian Edelman is number one guy. Yeah. He got a big lead. He's week, the best receiver two. on this offense, but yeah. he hasn't been implemented at this point I wanted to make as well, so I'm glad we're talking about this. He's not been implemented into the offense as much as I would hope with Cam Newton. That connection has not uh, come to fruition yet. I think it will over time. Just right now, uh, that's not the case, and that definitely is a problem. But with the run game and Cam Newton be able to do what he can do just in general, I think this offense is fine. The defense, they had a lot of injuries, but they're still playing good enough, held the pretty good offense of the Raiders to only 20 points. Yeah, kind of crazy how smooth the transition to this, you know, Cam Newton era yeah. Patriots offense has been. You know, I mean, even in the game they lost against Seattle, you know, 30 points and we're in it to the last place. So uh, Cam Newton, you know, he, he was on a mission. You know, he felt he still had something to prove. And turns out he did because he has looked really good in his first three games as a Patriot. And, um, hey, maybe the dynasty is not over. Who knows? <laughs> and we were talking about Nikhil Harry earlier. Let's go off of the statistician side of football and the analytics side of football. Let's just go to a more fun side of football. What the heck were Nikhil Harry and Cam Newton talking about? I don't know. <laughs> if, if <you laughs> Anyone's know, guess. If you don't know what we're talking about right now, there's a video on social media. It's all over the place for Cam Newton sliding off the bench, slapping at whatever, or like, I don't know. Well, he was laughing. He was like, yeah. giving him a weird look. Yeah. Whatever Nikhil Harry was saying to him. And I think... I can't remember. Nikhil Harry was saying, like, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Like, I, I figured out that's what he was saying. I don't know what he said before. Ugh. But as Cam was, like, sliding the ground, he was like, I'm telling you, Cam. So he said he said something weird. Yeah. But um, we should probably move to this Raiders team. Probably now. said Mitchell Trubisky's the GOAT. <laughs> <laughs> that would make, him, that's would make me slide off my team. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the Raiders offense now. Yeah. Um, we made a video talking about the Raiders on our channel. I still think this team's good. We expected them to lose this game. They played pretty well, I felt like. The Patriots did dominate this game, though. But I think, Jordan, you mentioned Derek Carr's stats, right? Yeah, he had 261 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah, so that's that's not bad. And in the rushing game, they were able to get it to a couple of guys. I know there was a couple fumbles, which was not the greatest of scenarios. Um, but once again, the receiver game uh, was spread out between a lot of receivers. I think that's what they want to do with that offense. So I liked it. Defensively, they got to play better. We talked about that in their video. It's just not good at all. Uh, they got some young guys there, but not living up to what it should be. Um, yeah, obviously with the young receiver core and Hunter Renfro and Zay Jones. Zay Jones was on the Buffalo Bills before, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. And then you also have Nelson Aguilar, and Josh Jacobs is also able to help out in the receiving game. Also with Darren Waller. Darren Waller yeah. 
Where'd he go? He had a big week week two. And <laughs> exactly. Like one I think he was getting talked up way too much. Week, week one, he didn't Still do good. too much. Yeah. Week two, he had a big week. Uh, he scored well, He scored twice, and he had a bunch of yards. And then he, I mean, people were talking about how this guy's up there with some of the best in the league, which he is, but he's not Travis Kelsey, George Kittle level yet. No, not yet. Um, he's he's near player, Zach Ertz in that. He, he can play some really good football uh, when he's having a good game. Uh, but I think he's getting talked up a bit too much. He's not a bad player. I love Darren Waller. Uh, but it's expected to see him not play as good as he did against the Saints last week. But I do feel that uh, although the offense is pretty good, um, I feel like Antonio Brown could have helped out a little bit. <laughs> that no, didn't work out. So, yeah. It didn't work out. Well, it was also Mike Mayock's first yeah. GM, so uh, there is always going to be some errors with yeah. that. But um, I feel like got he, some good young players now. Though. They mm-hmm. do have some good young players. Hunter Renfro out of Clemson. Yes. Yeah, Clemson. Thompson. 84 yards and touchdown this game. Exactly. Yeah. He, I did not think that he was going to be that good. Like I watched all his highlights with uh, him at Clemson. I did not think that his yeah. skills were going to translate in the yeah. NFL because he's not the fastest guy. He's not the tallest Gruden guy. Gruden and Mayak like Clemson players. They, they really do. They <laughs> so really do. He's just one of the bunch yeah. that they've drafted. And then obviously they brought in Zay Jones and Nelson Aguilar from the Eagles. To yeah. I laugh about. when I see Nelson Aguilar. <laughs> you have yeah. to. Drafted Henry Ruggs too. Sorry, Nelson, but you've become a meme. Yeah. He has. But obviously that uh, offensive core is still very young. Uh, but, and it's they have a bright future with Josh Jacobs running for 71 yards. And he literally, I had him on a fantasy team last year and he carried me. He was amazing. But yeah, he's, um, I feel like that, off, that offense is going to be really good in the coming years. But one thing I do want to talk about is what is going on with the defense and especially with Cleveland Farrell. We have not heard yeah. anything. Yeah. He was he was a pick that not many people were expecting. Yeah, he should not have been picked that high. <laughs> and basically everyone's opinions. Uh, Mayak and Gruden yeah. both had their opinions. Mayak, as you, you probably know, he was, he was a guy who watched the draft for a long time. He was one of the main scouts. Uh, you'd see him a bunch on, on TV and stuff. And you guys, they just had their own big opinions. They really liked this guy. It has not turned out for them so far. Uh, they picked up some guys on the defense side of the football. They just haven't turned out very well so far. Jonathan Abram, who they got last year, he got hurt again. Yeah. And the way that he got hurt was good. I think he ran into a cart. Maybe he ran. He maybe ran into a wall. Uh, I don't know. It's, yeah, it it's was just not a Monday football cart that was. Oh yeah, the yeah, that's right. So uh, you don't want to see that. But their youngsters are not getting the job done right now. But the thing with the Raiders is. John Gruden was hired to a 10-year coaching deal that's longer than we've seen. Ten any. years, $100 million. Yeah. yeah. So, a lot of money. So, with John Gruden coming in to where it was Oakland before, now it's Las Vegas, they were expecting him to take some time, rebuild his team, and create, hopefully, a dynasty for the future. That's what they were, that was what they were attempting to do by getting Gruden there and signing into that deal. So, there is still time. There is still drafts to have, to, have, uh, to draft, but they are... At least on the offense side of the ball, they're looking up. Hopefully that defense can play better. Absolutely. And you look on paper, just one more thing. The defensive roster, you have LaMarcus Joyner, who's still a pretty decent safety. He's short, but he's fast, and he's pretty good coverage. Corey Littleton, he can do it all. Maurice Hurst, he's still decent. Cleveland Farrell, need more time, but it's more looking towards Boston territory, if you ask me. But Gruden said when he drafted him, it's not really because the – he was he's a skilled player and he was at Clemson, but he said that they tried that they drafted him mainly to be the leader of that locker room, mm-hmm. just so they just so they can change the locker room presence and have it more like disciplined and all that kind of stuff. You have Raekwon with Raekwon McMillan, uh, Jonathan Hankins, Jonathan Abram, who you just said got injured. 
Max Crosby, he's been pr- playing pretty well. And then Damon Arnett, haven't really seen a whole lot from yeah. him. Did he um, just get injured, I think? He only ha- he I only thought he, he may have, I don't know. Full game. And then you have Jeff Heath, who's an aging veteran, but he's still a pretty good locker room presence. Yeah. So, on paper, this defense doesn't look terrible, but when it translates to games... They are terrible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's well, end on that note. Well said. <laughs> yeah, we will end on that note. And we're talking about terrible. We're talking about the Giants next. From 36 <laughs> nice to 9, segue. the 49ers. They're not the worst team in New York, though. No, they're, they're not. Um, Should have been the Bears. Should have been the Bears. If Saquon wouldn't have gotten injured, you would have yeah. lost. You know, you, you might know, be right, the but the fact the is, he got injured. The fact is. And we're moving on. 49ers won this game 36 <laughs> to 9 over the Giants playing their second straight game in MetLife Stadium. Uh, it was just an all-out 49ers beat down on the Giants. Uh, Nick Mullins yeah. had himself. He played good. Yeah. He did. Uh, 25 for 36, 343 yards with a touchdown for Nick Mullins. So clap it up for Nick. Yeah. There you go, Nick. Uh, then Josh Jacobs, 16. Or I'm looking at the wrong one. Hold on. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Brandon Ayuk, five receptions, 70 yards. That was a big one. Yeah. Three receptions? Oh, oh, no, you're right, you're right. Five I receptions? At, I was looking at rushing, my bad. Yeah, you're looking at rushing. He had three carries for 31 yards and a touchdown. Oh, yeah. Ayuk, hopefully he'll continue to do some good stuff. They need more receivers to play good on that team. Then McKinnon uh, played good with Mostert out, 14 carries, 38 yards, and a touchdown. And then Robbie Goldie's on my fantasy team. So I have to mention him. He had three field goals. And <laughs> an interesting stat uh, with the 49ers, he, he had made his – 101st field goal at the end of the game. Um, so that's just an interesting stat. And then also uh, Wilson, another running back, had two touchdowns, one rush, and one passing. And then for the Giants, not much stats that are good. Most of them are just bad. And really, I only wrote down one person's name in here. That person's name is uh, Daniel Jones, and it's not good. 179 yards, a pick. Of course he had a fumble. Yep. And for, Gotta uh, have a fumble. He had, yeah. And then the he tradition. had... And then another really sad thing is uh, that Daniel Jones led the rushing attack with 49 yards. Yeah. Um, to be fair, they are without bad. Saquon Barkley. Yeah. yeah. But, but they are going sad, against though. a lot of Saquon a very injured out, team. And Devontae Freeman is now on that team. He did not play that much this week because he still needs to learn the plays and stuff like that. So hopefully that will get a little bit better. And we'll see if, he's, if he still has some left in his tank, uh, Devontae Freeman. But it's just the Giants, it's just kind of sad there in New, I almost said New England, New York. Yeah. It is, but um, you know, going to the San Francisco side, you know, props to them. You know, uh, second consecutive game in that stadium. You know, there was some you know discussion about the turf, but they said it was good. And you know, uh, all injuries aside, you know, I I don't care who it's against. After all those injuries, you go out there, you win a football game by that much at this level. I, props to you. Oh, you know, uh, Nick Nick Mullins. We mentioned, you know, he did his job. You know, guys are gonna get hurt in this league, and that's just an unfortunate reality of our game. But you know, next man up, Nick Mullins did his job and then some. And I think it was nice to see the Forty ers find get Brandon Ayuk involved you know I thought he was actually a reach at the time he got drafted because of the way this team has been so injury depleted it kind of has turned out to pay dividends they're getting him involved in receiving of course as that's his position that he was drafted with a wide receiver he was a deep threat at Arizona State but he's also um they've been using him with a lot of jet sweeps getting him on involved in the ground game as if they don't run with their running backs getting enough the ball in space. yeah getting that's him the ball in space yeah and, and they did do that and he had his uh, first touchdown it was a rushing touchdown I happen to be watching it live and he's on my fantasy team and I started him so that was cool to see live because the Texans were on commercial so yeah good to see Brandon Ayuk get involved and I expect him to have a bigger role a bigger role as this 49ers receiving core is kind of depleted so um just wanted to mention him yeah I mean we call him the 49ers but I mean I like to say that the 39ers they've lost some of their they lost like 10 yeah. of their starters right now and... I was actually 
I like that one. Thank you. Is that your joke? No, I heard no, that. No, yeah, we, I, I've seen that somewhere. <laughs> I mean, come on. And everyone's giving you credit for something for once. And when I heard the joke, joke, though, I was like, oh, that was a good joke. But I heard that, like, two weeks ago. Like, right yeah. whenever I got injured. Two weeks ago. Um, but, yeah, I think that's the reality of it, and they're still playing good. So all I have to say about this game is props to them and Giants maybe next year. <laughs> no. Yeah. Not, not <laughs> maybe, next year. Maybe not a not. couple years from now. Try five or ten years. Is that yeah. Giants team? I'm going to say it flat out sucks. <laughs> they're, they're, okay. The only reason why they were even coming close to beating the Bears week one was because Mitch, the, the Bears offense wasn't uh, the playing that well. The defense let him back in, too. Yeah, yeah. The, the Giants defense... Trubisky actually probably played his best game of the season that yeah. game. That, that says that. something yeah. for the Giants. <laughs> But I, like you said, the injury to Sa- like I said, the injury to Saquon Barkley and Devontae Freeman not really playing this week. Wayne, Wayne Gallman is definitely not a number one no. running back. Nuh-uh. Deion Lewis, he's more of a pass catcher more than he yeah, is a running and he's back. a smaller guy. Um, Darius, but you also got to think the wide receivers are still young, even though you do have the value. They are presence. still young. They have Golden Tep- Tate. I said Tet. Golden <laughs> Tate, but also a guy I really love is Darius Slayton and some other guys as well. Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram has been playing well when he's healthy. Yeah, but he gets hurt a lot, and um, we saw it. I think it was on when is it Monday night when they played Pittsburgh. Um, when they played Pittsburgh, I yeah. think he had a few drops, and against the Bears, he had some drops as well. Yeah, so I feel that they're definitely not a great team. They're definitely not a good team. No, definitely not. Definition of that team is mediocre at best. Yeah, and so. I don't even think mediocre. Okay, <laughs> uh, we've ripped on the Giants enough, so let's move I on. I could keep going on and on. Though. I'm sure you could. We all probably could. Uh, but make sure I'm going to the right game. Okay, yes, I am. This one's going to be a fun one. It's the Bengals at the Eagles. Oh, I was not so a win. Loss, but a tie. That's yeah. what you see. Too I don't often, like ties. No, I like I, who, ties. no one wants ties. No one says, let's, "Hey, let's go tie today." Let's like, get no rid one of these ties, ties, man. Yeah, I, that's one of the yeah, biggest can't flaws stand in, this, in the scoring system. I, I feel like them. it should be a sudden death. Whoever, yeah. if you can't score the first two possessions, then just keep going. No, nobody wants to see a tie in the yeah. NFL. And it's, I mean, any time in overtime, whatever sport it is, it's always fun to watch. Oh but yeah. I feel like with college football, that's just something that's really well, just because you know I can't go to ties makes more sense. Yeah, you can't go to a tie, and it's just different. I'm not saying they should adopt the college football thing. I'm just saying that uh, they need to spice it up a little bit, throw something different in. Because yeah. uh, from this week, when you see another tie, everyone hates to see the tie. And we'll talk about the tie later. Tyler probably has stuff to talk about that as well as everyone else here. Good punch by me. Okay, Joe Burrow <laughs> oh, in this game. 312 <laughs> yards and two touchdowns. Tyler Boyd, 10 receptions, 125 yards. Joe Mixon, 17 carries for 46 yards. And T. Higgins had 40 uh, yards and two touchdowns as we throw up the T poses uh, at the table. Uh, we told you on a video. When was this video? I don't I know. Was it this week's video? Uh, probably, yeah, the video that came out today. Yeah. Uh, we talk about whenever T. Higgins does some good stuff. Me, Tyler, and Ryan, we're usually together. Uh, we always throw up the T pose uh, whenever T-pose. we see him get a catch. I uh, think hopefully Brandon will adopt that strategy whenever he's watching the Bengals now. Uh, and then we hold the T until uh, he does not get the ball. Uh, so <laughs> that's just our tradition that we do with T. Higgins. Uh, when you have a name that's T, we throw up the T. Now uh, we're, we're talking about T's. It was tie. Uh, now we're going to the Eagles. Uh, Carson Wentz struggled again. 225 uh, yards, two touchdowns, and two picks. And then uh, Miles Sanders had 95 yards uh, on 18 carries, and then the receivers, 
didn't really do too much. There's not, I mean, they're just not playing very good at the receiving mm-hmm. position right now, even though they got some new guys. Jalen Rager. And Jalen Rager is hurt. Yeah. I think he got hurt this week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Carson Wentz has to be better. You know, he has taken a step back, and I know that. Um, sure yeah, I, I know that, you know, there's some injuries, yeah, but, you know, high, right? he okay. has taken a step back. And, you know, this Eagles team, you know, they're 0 2 1, and they're just lucky that they play in the NFC East because, you know, they're a half, <laughs> game, a they're a half game out of first, and they have not won a game. <laughs> and, and, and it's they've already played week three, game. yeah. So, you know, Carson Wentz does have to uh, improve. And, you know, um, we've seen a lot of highs and lows with the Eagles team. You know, there's times where they start off really bad, but then they pull off these magical stretches towards the end of the year where they somehow sneak into the playoffs. So maybe that happens again. But um, things things have to change quickly for Philadelphia to make another run at it. Oh, yeah. And it's a team that I like going into the year. And even the first couple of weeks, I've been cutting them some slack. But I'm kind of done at this point. This team is not looking good. Yeah, now you are done. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it. <laughs> but... I, it starts with Carson Wentz, and I know he doesn't have a bunch of good play going around on the offensive line. is not doing their job. I know they're decimated with injuries, as well as that entire team. It always seems to be like that way at some point. But um, just some bad plays, bad decisions by Carson Wentz. And I think I had him ranked um, sixth overall in terms of quarterbacks heading into this year. It's not looking like that at all. But I do think there is still a chance to change that. He has the talent. It's just not looking... That they way they right added now. receivers there, and of course, Marquise Goodwin opted out, all that stuff. But they're still, I mean, he looked like he was playing better last year with less people. There. Yeah, they were depleted last year, too. He probably even more injured last year, as you said. Yeah, maybe it's maybe it's lost preseason. I mean, it yeah. seems a little bit late to be making an excuse. I still think Carson Wentz is a good quarterback. I think this could just be an off year and off start for him. Uh, for his career and for his season and for the Eagles season and for EDP's sake, I hope they start playing good. <laughs> Every time we talk about the Eagles, we have to mention it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Of course, but I yeah. think that, like you said, I don't think Carson Wentz is a bad quarterback. Not, ne- not necessarily. Like you said, there's some bad play on the offensive side of the ball. Mm, it's not just him. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, he's playing bad, but yeah. he's not like... But, I mean, just looking at the running stats, like, yeah, you have Miles Sanders, he did run for 95 yards, and and then your next leading rusher was Carson Wentz for 65 yards. Yeah, you shouldn't wow. have a guy. Like, you can argue that Carson Wentz is more of a pocket passer. Like he can run. Like he can. Oh, yeah. He's I mean, not. He's made some great game. plays where he's yeah. looked like tying touch had some yeah. great escapes in the pocket yeah. and then ran and but done some cool things. But he's, he's not known not, for running. He's not a Lamar Jackson. No, no. I'm just gonna say that. That's not his role. He's not a Lamar Jackson. He's not a Josh Allen. Absolutely not. So I feel like the NDSU product from my Bison. He should not. Be should not be. You're a Bison fan. I am. In terms of the Mac, in terms of the Mac conference, yes, I am. But um, yeah, it's no, not the best conference. Just let me have my own. <laughs> um, no, but I don't think that's his role. I think he does. He should be a better. He should be more of a passer, and that's mm-hmm. kind of what the offense has been built around. Where mm-hmm. you have Zach Ertz, you had who else? Um, Deshaun Jackson. You have Dallas Goddard still. Um. Jalen Rager, he was obviously injured. Um, I didn't even know Richard Rodgers was on this team. I didn't either. He is? Uh, yeah. He got two catches for 15 yards. Well, let's just be thankful we do not know that he was on this team because that means we do not have to watch any of the Eagles starting off these season. I thought he retired like played very good. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we got to watch the other team, though, on Thursday night last week in the Bengals. Yeah. I know they still haven't won a game yet, but... I'm liking Joe Burrow so much. I know he's a lot Three, older. 12 yards, two touchdowns in this game. I, yeah. I mean, he's a rookie. It doesn't seem that way at all. It seems like he's no. a veteran. I know he's older than most rookies are, and you can really he's see He's older that. than Lamar Jackson. <laughs> yeah, he is. Uh, but there's just so much to like from him, and I know he's not getting any help anywhere. 
but he's still making plays happen. Especially in that agent. offensive line. Yeah, but that offensive line has to get better. Yeah. Yeah. You know? they need if, they, if they have a high draft pick, I, How many I bet times I bet they'll get this game. I forgot to write it down. I think it was eight. I think it was eight. Yeah. But it was ridiculous how much pressure he was under, and it was ridiculous how good he was playing, even considering the circumstances. Yeah. But I don't want to uh, get too much into this game because really it wasn't. Uh, yeah, no one won of a game, other than no. the fact that it was a tie. They just yeah. need a better running attack with Joe Mixon carrying the ball seventeen times for forty nine. Yeah, going into this season, uh, there was hype behind Joe Mixon. For, for me, I did not like Joe Mixon too much. I think he's all right, but he needs to start playing better. He had seventeen carries, only forty six yards. That's just not good for seventeen carries. Yeah, no, they. They also have another back, Giovanni Bernard, but he literally didn't do anything. He he didn't do anything in the yeah. rushing game. He no. he had three catches for fifty five yards, but yeah, I think that with Joe Burrow, it's too tempting not to throw with Joe. Exactly, <laughs> but you you throw had Joe. what was it week two? He had like <laughs> sixty two pass attempts. Like that, Zach Taylor's yeah, offense. Down, yeah. Zach Taylor's offense is Should obviously is obviously pass heavy. But when you have a really good running back in Joe Mixon, who you just extended, I'm pretty sure, like not too long ago. Yeah, they did. Yeah. You, I feel like they definitely need, need to utilize him more. And they did. He got 17 carries for 49 yards. But I think you also you also have to throw Giovanni Bernard in there a couple times. And Auden, and maybe Auden, Tate, and T. Higgins. Because they're yeah. pretty fast dudes. Like, I know T. Higgins is like, what, 6'2", 6'3", so maybe run a couple of jet sweeps with him or some or reverses. Yeah. Maybe even some Wildcats. You don't even know. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I think that the running game for the Bengals definitely could be better, and if it was better, if Giovanni Bernard or like one of those other guys got in the mix, they probably could have won this game. Yeah. yeah. And I both think teams had chances. Both, exact, that's what I was going to say. Both teams had chances to win this game. Ultimately, uh, T. Higgins and his team – and the Eagles, as the T's are thrown up, of course, uh, they ended up getting the T and a third column added to their record, uh, with the one all the way to the right side uh, for the Bengals and the Eagles. Next game, oh gosh, here we go. It's oh the Texans at the Steelers, 21-28. to I'm going to read off the stats, and I'm going to stop talking and just let Ryan go. Uh, uh, sounds good. Before we even get to that point, let's just let Ryan talk about the Texans, and we can talk about the Steelers, and we'll move on. Yeah. Okay, I'll yeah. just read off the, the Texan stats first, and I'll let Ryan go. Yeah. Uh, so Watson, 19 for 27, 264 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Um, Johnson had 13 carries for 23 yards only and a touchdown that he bounced to the outside. And then Randall Cobb, four receptions, 95 yards, and a touchdown. Good to see Cobb playing good uh, as Brandon's putting up the fist pump because Cobb was with his Packers uh, for some time. So with that being said, that's all the stats that I have to say. Let's just listen <laughs> to Ryan Brandt. Right, so well, then. yes, familiar territory for me because for the <laughs> second time, in three years, for the second time in three years, my Texans are 0-3. Um, but before I get into the rant, let's just say last time this happened, they won their next nine and ended up winning the division. So it, it can be done. Do I think it will? Honestly, yeah, I don't I don't think so. Yeah, Maybe the next two, but, you know, one game at a time. And really with this team, everyone talks about it. You hear it in almost even in games that the Texans aren't playing and it's getting brought up somehow. Um, the Texans had a historically tough schedule to start their season, and I get that. But the way that they have looked in those games, it's not just the fact that they lost those games, especially the first two against you know the past two MVPs in Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. It's the way they've looked. They haven't looked in sync. They've looked sloppy. And 
Up until week three, they didn't really seem like they knew what they were trying to accomplish on offense. Because remember, the supposed, I quotation marks, logic of the DeAndre Hopkins trade was because they wanted to have more of a committee approach. They wanted to spread the ball around more. They wanted to have, you know, the offense not just center around this one guy to have a diverse receiving core. And that didn't happen weeks one and two, you know. They just did not put it together. You know, the offense was just not there. And it kind of varies week to week on who to blame. I felt like week one, the offensive line was not good. The receivers wouldn't get open. And the defense could just not not could not get off the field. But as the season or the young part of the season has gone on, you look at that week three game against Pittsburgh and what the Texans finally did for the first time in the year was they said, okay, we're going to try and get these guys involved. You know, we're going to move these guys around. We're going to get Brandon Cooks involved. You know, Will Fuller had a touchdown. Randall Cobb had a touchdown. So it was good to see for the Texans, even though they lost that game, they got something going. They actually used that committee approach. But still, there's a lot of work left to do because it is obvious that this offense has taken a step back since last year because when you watch them, it just it doesn't feel the same. It feels like something's missing. It feels like that impact guy is missing, like a, a huge playmaker, like a DeAndre Hopkins type of guy. You know, that's the guy that you feel like is missing from that offense. Um, and really, it's not just the offense, though. You know, part of the reason this team is 0-3 is because they could not get off the field in the fourth quarter. In the Baltimore game, even though that game was more uh, lopsided, um, the defense could not get off the field. They could not stop Mark Ingram. They could not get the big stop on third or fourth down that they needed. And that did not happen um, in week three either. You watch that um, Texans-Pittsburgh game. Um, the Texans were winning 21-17. Um, to 17, And then they did not score a point in the second half. And what happened was that the Texans' defense, they just shut down. You know, they're a good unit at times. But when they need to get off the field, they can't. And we saw it in that Pittsburgh game. You know, just watch the tape. We saw it in that game, and we saw that they could not get the ball in Deshaun Watson's hands. You know, it was 28-21. to 21. All the defense needs to do, you got to get a stop, get off the field, put the ball in Deshaun Watson's hand, let him work his magic, the magic he worked in college, the magic that he's worked in at some times in his young career. But the thing is, Deshaun Watson, he already does have his fair share of fourth quarter comebacks. He'd have so many more if the defense just gave him the opportunity and was able to get off the field. You know, they have these guys, but there just really isn't quite that X factor, that big play that changes the game, that at least gives your team a chance to win. And one thing I want to say, you know, we kind of hear in Seattle, we hear let Russ cook, let let Russell Wilson do his thing. I kind of want to see something similar for Deshaun Watson because I'm getting a little tired of just running the ball with HB dives with David Johnson on first down. I want to see Deshaun Watson from the get-go work his magic. You know, this guy, you know, he is a guy that, you know, a lot of a lot of teams envy. He's a guy that really has a lot of playmaking ability. So I know you got David Johnson, but hey, you know, don't wait for the run game not to work. Just go from the get-go. Let Deshaun Watson do his thing. You know, David Johnson, he had a touchdown last week, but I still don't know what the Texans saw in David Johnson that said, hey, let's give up our best receiver for this for this guy. Um, because there were so many other running backs they could have gotten in free agency, not even have to give up a player. Leonard Fournette was available. Todd Gurley was available. Um, you know, there were guys, Melvin Gordon too, so... The Texans, uh, I know I'm taking too long, so I'm going to stop now, but I could go on for hours. We could do a whole episode of me just talking. But there is disappointment, but the hard part of the schedule is over. They've done it before. They've started 0-3 and made the playoffs, and time will tell if Deshaun Watson can work some magic and get into the playoffs. But one week at a time, and yeah, so 
that's my little Texans rant. I, I'm sorry I went too long, but you know how I can get when my team is 0-3. You guys take it the rest of the way. Well, you have reason to go that long. And I uh, just wanted to mention, there was another team that did play in this game, and that was the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't think you said their name once in that rant. You were I, saying, I alluded to them. I said the yeah. Pittsburgh game. Like yeah. <laughs> Very small. <laughs> it was just mainly a Texans rant in general, which is fine. I mean, uh, it pretty much was the Steelers game. Yeah. 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 Um, So Ben Roethlisberger in this game, 23 for 26. Very good percentage from Roethlisberger. 223 yards and two touchdowns. James Conner turned it up this week, 109 yards and a touchdown. And then Eric Ebron, five receptions, 52 yards and a touchdown. And the Steelers had four sacks this week. Their defense is very, very, very phenomenal. TJ Watt is looking very good. I mean, yep. their, whole, their whole line is looking good. It's definitely one of the best in the league. They got a pretty good secondary. Um, we could, to, we could talk about um, so much on that defense, but Ryan already took a long time on the Texans. So I think it's just simply put that their defense is playing great. They're just good. They're, they're, let's let's, just, just, let's they're stop just at good. that. And then I do want to mention on offense, in terms of their receivers, um, they have Deontay Harris, um, who's playing well um, so far, and Chase Claypool, the rookie, um, someone that I really like. Yeah, so, deep threat. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the next game, I guess. All right, next game is, we talked about them earlier. We're talking about the Giants. Well, there is a team that sucks more than the Giants in New York, and that is the Jets. We're talking about the Jets game, the Jets at the Indianapolis. Here Jets. come the roasts. Oh, and it was another beatdown. Uh, the Colts destroyed them. The Jets, they, they were looking good to start off the game. Their first drive, they went down, scored a touchdown. It was, it was nice to see. Unfortunately, I had the Colts defense at the time. I was like, come on, Colts defense. I just picked you up this week. Talking about fantasy football, if you didn't understand. But I, I picked them up this week, and I was like, oh, okay, why did you let the Jets score um, on their first drive of the game? And then the whole script got flipped, and it stayed flipped, and the script got bigger for the Jets and the, uh, for the Colts, excuse me, and then the Jets' script was basically non-existent after that. Sam Darnold 168 yards with a touchdown pass and three picks. Uh, by the way, I'll just say it now, two of those picks were pick sixes, um, and we talked about it earlier with Xavier Rhodes. He got one of those picks, picks, picks um, and then... Uh, Gore had 15 carries, 57 yards. He's still somehow rumbling through the NFL. Then the Colts, 217 yards, two touchdowns. Jonathan Taylor, 13 carries, 59 yards, and a touchdown. And as I said before, two pick sixes for the Colts defense, who Brandon talked about liking earlier. Yeah, um, well, this game featured the worst team in the NFL. <laughs> the Jets, I think, are... They're last they're, in literally everything, except yeah, for I two don't, I don't even think it's yeah. arguable to say that this team is not the worst. Yeah, the Falcons' defense might be worse than theirs. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Overall, I don't even think that. <laughs> Statistically, last week, before going through this week, it was. It's not going to be like that this week. No. Um, I wrote, just in the notes for this podcast, things to talk about, I just wrote, Jets and an all-cap stink. Uh, they are really bad. So, I talked about this in another okay, video. I have a question for you, though. Yeah. So. Yeah. They stink. What do they stink like? Um, the worst garbage you can smell like. Uh, so what was thrown away? Though? At one of my retreats that I went to for um, one of oh god, one of my um, Vikings fans' homes and dreams. Kind of like that. Um, it's stink. But there was this this cabin where I was the leader for these middle school boys and. It smelled really bad in there. That's how much the Jets stink. Wow. That's, that's and they threw pizza at the fan. Yeah. I don't think they're that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, that, they're, that, they're pretty bad. And that, that mm. smells worse smell I've ever smelled. Mm. But let's stop talking about that. 
Uh, let's talk about more specifically what's bad about them because there's yeah. a lot to talk not about. Sam Darnold. Uh, it's not Sam Darnold's players. fault. No, it's, it's, no, that's it's it. Not Sam <laughs> no, it's really not. Like, everything else. No, let's just be straight up. It's Adam Gase's fault. A lot of it. Absolutely. I think Adam Gase should never have got hired. Um, he was on the Bears a little bit as our offensive coordinator. I like him as a Bears. He's a good I think he can do yeah. good as a coordinator. That's exactly what I was he going to say. Like However, guy. he like doesn't seem like a likable guy. He yeah. seems very weird. You saw it in his press conferences when he first became the coach of the New York Jets. The dude looked like he was on drugs. No joke. <laughs> <laughs> he just no did. joke. <laughs> uh, and then since then, he just has not let his team to play some good football. I don't know why the Jets would have got him. Um, when he was with the Dolphins, they weren't playing good. And the Jets were like, oh, this guy didn't do very good last year. Let's sign him uh, to get help our rookie quarterback in Sam Darnold. Uh, it just made no sense to me, the signing at all. And um, it, it just proved uh, me right time and time again. Adam Gase has not been doing good. Uh, being a head coach, I think he should be gone. Yeah, but you, yeah. You can't only really, matter of time. You can't really blame Sam Darnold for this game. I mean, he threw he three bad, bad picks. But even if but he played good, they were still going to yeah. He doesn't have anyone to throw to, though. Exactly. So, his offensive line isn't very good. Um, didn't they draft, like, one of the Mackay back Yeah, he's been doing good. Yeah, yeah, he's been doing well, but still, one guy isn't going to make an offensive line a whole lot better. No. Unless you're Quentin Nelson, because that dude's a god. That's true. Um... Yeah, Frank, well, running game wasn't team. really that yeah. good. You had Frank Gore, 15 carries for 57 yards. Uh... LaMichael Le- Le- Pirine for oh, yeah. se- seven oh, carries. Yeah. From Florida, too. Seven carries for 24 yards. But then you really didn't have anything else. You had Braxton Berrios, four receptions for 64 yards and a touchdown. Kalen Balage, uh, Christopher Herndon, uh, Chris Hogan did not do a whole lot, and that's pretty much their number one wide receiver at this point. They need Denzel Mims. Yeah, they need my guy Denzel. Yeah, and then LaMichael <laughs> P. Ryan got two receptions for negative one yards. Oh, nice. So, um, not to mention their defense is absolutely terrible. That's not even going to that. It's not even <laughs> worth mentioning. Yeah. But, um, yeah, they were obviously without Le'Veon Bell. They were without um, Jamison Crowder. They were without Denzel Mims. They were without, what else am I thinking of? A lot of Cowan, people. Maybe? That too. Perryman? <laughs> Who? Perryman's on the team, right? Yeah, mm. Perryman. Uh, they were without their two leading receivers and their number one running back, so that obviously makes it hard on Sam Darnold because you look at this list, Braxton Berrios was a pretty low draft pick. Mm-hmm. And he, not saying he's a bad player, but he's more of a punt returner, kick returner kind of guy, not really yeah. meant for I don't that. even know who he is. To more be of a Matthew <laughs> Slater kind of guy, like yeah, in terms of impact on the team. And then Kalen Balaj and Frank Gore and Ryan Griffin. Whatever. You could hear in his voice how excited he was about yeah. those plays. Like, mm-hmm. the whole so offense is up. just kind of meh. Like, that's just how I'd put it. It's just meh. Yeah. yeah. But the Colts, they're firing it on all cylinders. Like, they played the Jets, so I sure hope they do. They yeah. let the Colts beat the Vikings, so therefore I like them. They also lost to the Jaguars. Let's not forget that. That's, <laughs> that's also true. That's but, true. Yeah, uh, T.Y. Hilton's doing his thing. Not many yards, but still he's being productive. Mo Ali Cox, basketball star when he was in college, but now he's six foot eight. Yeah, I haven't heard him before the season, yeah. and I'm just watching Colts games. I'm like, who is this man? And the rookie out of USC, Michael yeah. Pittman Jr. Yeah. I think did he get hurt? This he game? did get hurt, unfortunately, yeah. but he is a guy that was Him doing and nice Paris Campbell now hurt the two youngster wide receivers both. Yeah, hurt. hey, they're trying to draft receivers. They're just getting hurt. That's yeah. unfortunate. So yeah, hopefully so they get better quickly. They're missing two of their young developing receivers as well as uh, one of their fastest receivers in Paris Campbell. So yeah. things are looking very good for the Colts, but hey, they still won the game. 
So. They did. Absolutely. I think we had enough analyzing on that game. There's not much to Too analyze much, besides the <laughs> yeah. fact that the Jets did not play very well and the Colts beat them pretty thoroughly. The Jets just suck. Like they, I think they're going to be the 0-16 Browns. No, I think yeah. they, I would not they're on the clock. His 0-16 Browns could have beat Lions. All right, well, let's go on to the next game. It was the Panthers at the Chargers. A lot of people expected the Chargers to win going in this game, but Teddy Bridgewater and the Panthers were able to win this game at the end of it. 168 past yards for Dar- or I'm looking, looking the wrong one again. Bridgewater, 22 for 28, 235 yards and a touchdown. Mike Davis, 13 carries, 46 in relief, 46 yards in relief for Christian McCaffrey. DJ Moore, two receptions for 65 yards. On the Chargers side of it, Herbert got a lot of yards with a lot of passes. 35 for 49 passes from Justin Herbert, the rookie, in only his second game starting. 49 passes. That's a lot of passes thrown for 330 yards, two touchdowns, and one pick. Eckler had 12 carries for 59 yards and a touchdown. And Keenan Allen, 13 receptions, 132 yards, and a touchdown as well. Yeah. I mean, you, you read off the stats, but both of these teams don't really excite me too much. Uh, we did see an upset in this game, which is yeah. something we could definitely talk about and something we will talk about. But in terms of talent on both these teams, the Chargers have the talent on the defense. They lost their probably best defensive player. You can make that argument. And Derwin James, um, before the season even started again, he's not playing, which is unfortunate. Um, but both these teams I don't think are going to have the greatest year this year. I don't want to go too much in depth because we've had a long podcast already. Yeah. And I'll let you guys talk about it a little more. Yeah, but I think Justin Herbert's doing all right for them. I think, you know, he's a guy who looks like he's enough already. You know, I mean, of course, there's a bad interception here or there, but I think he's been doing some really nice things. So, um, yeah, like uh, I like watching Justin. I was a fan of him in college. He was my QB, too, uh, in the draft. So certainly um, nice to see him uh, succeed. But going to the Carolina side, you know, first um, first win for Matt Rule, that's something that's definitely noteworthy um, as they the Carolina Panthers are kind of a young team. But I was impressed that they were able to do that with a um, – with a uh, kind of a, a, a young team, but also without Christian McCaffrey to, to go against um, a team that has um, a good defense. You know, the Chargers defense is underrated. Even with the players that they've lost, I think that they are still underrated defense. So for, um, for Carolina to go in there, fly across the country um, and beat the Chargers without their best player. I think that's a, a statement, even though they're not going to be the best team. I've said, I said this before the season started, even though Carolina's not going to be the best team, they might not contend in that division. They're still going to get some upsets and they're still going to cause some problems for some, con- for some contenders down the stretch. Yeah. Both of these teams will do that. We saw it last week with uh, the, the chiefs and the chargers. Uh, although the, the Chargers did not get the win in the end. They still um, they may cause some problems for the Chiefs, who played very well this week. We'll talk about that later. Just one quick shout-out to the Panthers before we move on. Um, going into this season, there were many people who put the Panthers in the conversation with the Jets and the Jaguars and how bad they were going to be this year. I think Bridgewater, he's a good quarterback, CMC, although he's not playing right now, of course, with the injury. Uh, four to six weeks, he'll be back. Um, but... I mean, they're, I thought they were going to be all right, and they are proving me somewhat right so far. Matt Rowe and his squad, uh, they went heavy in the draft, and they're doing some all right things. Like Ryan said, they're going to cause some uh, some headaches for some teams in some games who thought it was going to be too easy. They'll, they'll try to stay close as I look at Ian Rappaport on Ryan's phone. Okay, let's move on to 
the next game we'll try to fly through these ones a bit faster, but we don't have to rush crazy amount, but kind of. Bucks at the Broncos, not too much to analyze from this one, uh, except for the fact yeah. that the Bucks played very, very good. Tom Brady having his best game with the Buccaneers uh, in his first year in Tampa Bay. 28 to 10, I don't know if I said it before, the Bucks uh, took the W. Brady 25 for 38 with 297 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, then Ronald Jones, the second, 13 carries, 53 yards. Scotty Miller, three receptions, 83 yards. Chris Goblin, five receptions, 64 yards, and a touchdown. And then Mike Evans had two receptions for two touchdowns. And then Gronk getting involved this game after last week having zero catches, six receptions for 48 yards for Gronk. Uh, and then going to the Broncos' side, Jeff Driscoll, 17 for 38, 160, 176 with a touchdown and a pick. Um, I don't even know who, oh, I can't even read what I just wrote there. Um, oh, Melvin Gordon, eight carries, 26 yards. Jared Judy, five receptions, 55 yards. And they also put in their backup quarterback as well, and they gave him a throw pick. Yeah, well, Brett Rippon's starting for <laughs> Denver on say. Thursday, so yeah. we'll see how that goes. Wait, Driscoll got injured? No, I think no, they're just starting Rippon. Yeah. Uh, Rippon's apparently starting on Thursday, as Ryan said. Uh, but this Broncos team is a team I feel bad for. They lost some of their <laughs> they lost some of their best players, uh, which is really unfortunate. Um, in the interest of time, there's really not much there. I don't know if they can get those players back. I think they could be a good team. I just don't see it. In terms of the Buccaneers, they're looking better every week, offensively and defensively. A guy on the defense I need to talk about is Antoine Winfield oh, Jr. Yeah. He got another sack this yep. week. He's got I two down for you. so far. And you don't even need to say it because I was going to get to it. Something I was looking forward to saying. But this was a first-round draft talent. Why did no one draft him? I don't know. He's one of the best defensive rookies so well, I know why people year. didn't draft him because he's a smaller I guy. I don't care. Yeah. Look yeah, at him. He, he played so well at Minnesota. It, I mean, it didn't he, make any he's sense. not wrong. He did. It's also Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, true. that's true. But he played really well. Both like Minnesota, though. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, exactly. But that's just someone, something I needed to point out. So um, props to him and that defense in general because they're kind of underrated right now. Mm-hmm. They are. So um, we'll get to talking about the Broncos and the Bucks as weeks go on, maybe more in depth. Right now, we'll move on to our next game. Uh, Lions at the Cardinals. We had an upset earlier that we were talking about with the Panthers. This one, the upset of the week as the Lions take down the Cardinals, who looked like they were rolling 26-23. Matthew Stafford went 22-31 for with 270 yards and a touchdown. Adrian Peterson got 22 carries, 75 yards. Kenny Galladay in his first game back this year, 6 receptions, 57 yards, and a touchdown. Jeff Okuda with his first pick as well for the Lions. And talking about picks, let's go to Kyler Murray. Uh, 23 for 35, <laughs> 270 yeah. yards for two touchdowns. No one's talking about And yes, those. the picks, three interceptions from Kyler Murray, and they were, they were bad interceptions as well. Uh, then Kenyon Drake, 18 carries, 73 yards. Hopkins getting a lot of yards again, 10 receptions on 137 yards. That one makes Ryan smile, of course, because he just loves that Hopkins yeah. is not with his Texans anymore. <laughs> and, I'm still rooting yeah, for I know him. You are. I just yeah. don't like the trade. Yeah. And then Andy Isabella had two touchdowns in this game. Did he really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, the Cardinals didn't look that bad in this game. You watch it back and... It's just the turnovers that, that screwed them. Yeah, and it was. Kyler made a couple mistakes in that game. He also made some really good plays. And they just let the Lions hang around. Reels. They didn't yeah. let the Lions get ahead in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that's I mean, why. It's the strategy is to let the Lions get a lead. So they can lose the game. If you're playing the Lions <laughs> or the Falcons, you let them you let them get a lead. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> come on, Cardinals. Let's learn some strategy here. Uh, but no, really, they didn't play too bad. 
I think this was just a matchup that the Cardinals were not going to be good against in terms of Matt Patricia's defense. It didn't match up well with the Cardinals' offense. That's why we saw the result we did in this 26-23 game. Another upset, um, which was kind of fun to see, but I wanted the Cardinals to win, so I was upset by it, which is why it's called an upset. Uh, but that's all I have to say about that one, plain and simple. If you guys have anything else to say, please do. Yeah, I got nothing. Except for the fact that Matthew Stafford played better with Kenny Galladay, and Kenny Galladay is going to continue to go off in the future. Watch those duo, or that duo, throughout the rest of this year. Yeah. Hopefully Galladay can stay on the field. Good point. All right, next game is the Cowboys at the Seahawks. Boy, was this a thriller. Uh, but the Seahawks were able to pull it out in the end, 31, uh, 38 to 31. Excuse me, Dak Prescott with a career-high 472 pass yards in this game with three touchdowns and two picks. Uh, by the way, he threw um, 57 passes in this game. Yeah, that's wow. Yeah, uh, that's a lot. Uh, I talked about Herbert threw a lot of passes. That's a lot of passes. Then Ezekiel Elliott uh, with still Saquon not, and CMC out. Week, uh, yeah, but with Saquon and CMC out, Elliott was expected to be the best running back who's actually playing. Not this week, 14 carries, only 34 yards. He did get a touchdown, though. though. And then uh, Michael Gallup, six receptions, 138 yards, and a touchdown then on the Seahawks' side of the ball. Russ is still cooking. Let's go, Russell. 315 yards with five touchdown passes through the first three weeks. 14 touchdown passes for Russell Wilson. That is a record. No one has ever thrown 14 touchdown passes through three weeks. And then Tyler Lockett had another huge game, or another huge game saying Russell Wilson a huge game another huge game was from Tyler Lockett nine receptions 100 yards and three TDs Metcalf four receptions 110 yards and a touchdown should have had two touchdowns but he pulled a Deshaun Jackson uh, at the goal line and then Chris Carson 14 carries 66 yards an offensive showdown in this game it was I think we expected to see that both offenses were firing on all cylinders going into this game. We saw the Cowboys start to get their rhythm going against the Falcons as they completed the first comeback of two against the Falcons this year so far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, we expected to see that. It was fun to watch. It was a good game. There could have been even more points on the board, but some mistakes on both sides of the ball. But I think something that needs to be talked about, everyone's talking about how good this Seattle offense is. Their defense, it's it's ugly, and it, it's concerning to me. Yeah. Because uh, Jamal Adams got hurt at the end of that game. I don't know the status of him going into next week. But there's not a lot there. And the reason they're getting into shootouts with teams is because their defense is not able to um, hold their end of the bargain. So the offense has to do what they do in order to win these games. And at some point, that might catch up to them. Yeah, well, it's been like that for a while with the Seahawks. <laughs> Russell Wilson has had to throw his team into games. Uh, in the past, they've tried to run it too much. They've understood this year that Russell Wilson is their guy. They need him to be playing his best football, which he is. And he has been playing some really good football for the last few years. They finally now understand that they just got to let Russ cook. Put him in the kitchen. Let him make some soup. Let him make some chicken. Let him make whatever the heck the dude wants because it's going to be delicious if you're a Seahawks fan. Um, so I, it's good that they let him, him start cooking. Yeah. But yeah, that defense has to start playing better. Same with um, the Cowboys Jamal, defense. Yeah, absolutely. Jamal Adams got injured in this game. Uh, but something I love 
from him getting injured. Although he was not able to return, he was still standing right there on the side. He was hobbling all the along. players could see him. Yeah. He was mentoring all the players on that team, telling them what to do, hobbling around along the sidelines. You wouldn't see that if he was on the Jets. Uh, now that he's on the Seahawks, he's liking his teammates. He's like the atmosphere around him, and he's really getting involved. Love to see that from Jamal Adams. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's a common theme with the Seahawks. You know, Russell Wilson does his thing, but he's got to bail that defense out, you know, probably – more than he should, you know. That's a concern, you know. Say Russell Wilson has an off day where he said where he I don't know maybe only throws three touchdowns. Oh you know, will the defense forbid, be able, will the defense be able to you know hold up their end of the? I mean, think about it. You know, as they play some better teams. I mean, not that they've played actually some good teams, but as they you know get yeah. down into the stretch, you know, into the playoffs, you know, will that defense be able to get that big stop? We saw that they were able to do it in that New England game, but also they gave up thirty points that game. So the defense is a concern. But if you have a healthy Russell Wilson, you've got a chance to win each and every game. Yeah, that's for sure. I think we're ready to move on. Well, we ain't going to talk about the Cowboys at all, so just want to talk about yeah. them for America's a quick, team. A quick second. America's team, enough. we see them a lot, uh, but Dak in the past two weeks has been throwing a lot because he's kind of been forced to. Uh, they've been down and playing some really good offenses, so they've been in some shootouts. Uh, it's been fun to watch the Cowboys the last two weeks as well as the Seahawks the last two weeks. Next game, Brandon, wake up. It is here. Yeah. The Packers <laughs> at the Saints, and the Packers got the Brandon. win 37-30. to 30. I'm going to do a similar thing to what I did with Ryan. I'm going to say the Packers stats, then I'll let you say whatever the heck you want to say. Aaron Rodgers, 21 of 32, 283 yards, three touchdowns. Aaron Jones, 16 carries, 69 yards, and a touchdown. And Alan Lazard had himself a day, six receptions, 146 yards, and a touchdown. Brandon? As you're holding that Aaron Rodgers jersey uh, up to us, go ahead and start talking. Aaron Rodgers is just simply the best quarterback in the NFL right now. <laughs> uh, we're uh, just talking about Russell, yeah, Wilson. Russell Wilson's playing better, but okay. Aaron Russell Rodgers Wilson is a close is, second. Russell is. Wilson is putting up some good stats, but Aaron Rodgers has been playing out of his mind. I, I think he has. You, I think with the he draft... speaks for me as well, whatever he's going to say about Aaron. Obviously. I, Love Aaron Rodgers right now, especially I, this year. I feel like the drafting of Jordan Love definitely motivated him mm-hmm. a lot more. And I forgot who what the commentator said or if it was someone on uh, Good Morning Football or something like that. But they said since they drafted Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers is going to have an MVP season. And yeah, it's it could have been Kyle Brandt because I know Kyle Brandt's a big Kyle Brandt does some, some outlandish things. <laughs> he does, he does, but yeah. I also know he's a big Aaron Rodgers guy yeah. too. So, but. Aaron Rodgers has been playing out of his mind. Like you said, 21-32, uh, 283 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. And he's been playing really well. And it, he's riding, definitely riding high. And this game, without Devontae Adams, the other receivers stepped up. Uh, Al Lazard, great game, six receptions, 146 yards, one touchdown. Robert Tanyan, who's our, I'd say, second or, no, third-string tight end. Uh, he was he was injured all of last year, so he couldn't play. So technically, this is his rookie season in air quotes. Mm-hmm. Five receptions, fifty yards, and a touchdown. Then you had Jace Sternberger, yeah. I think, our third or fourth round pick from one or two years ago. Yeah. Uh, yep. Three receptions for thirty six yards. Mercedes Lewis catching an insane touchdown. Yeah, that was cool. That was that was his only catch of the game for eighteen yards and a touchdown. Then you had Aaron Jones, Tyler Irvin, Marquez Valdez Scanling only got one catch. I think he, I believe he did drop a couple of open balls, which is a big concern for MVS. Um, he's a very talented receiver. I think he's like six three or six four, 
very, very fast. He's an absolute burner down the field. But one thing that he does need to do is work on that catching and his catching radius. He was dropping all sorts of wide open balls that would have been touchdowns. And if, even if it was a contested was he catch, Mark Andrews? <laughs> even though if it would have been a contested catch, he probably would have came down with it just because of his height and then landed and then burned the guy who was going yeah. after him. Like he's an absolute stud. But um, then you have Aaron Jones, 16 carries for 69 yards. I love Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones has been looking really good. Uh, he's second in the league in terms of uh, rushing yards from a running back. And uh, I think it's 303 yards, something like that. But he's been playing out of his mind. He's been playing really well. I think last game he got like 169 yards and two touchdowns or one touchdown, something like that. It was he was really good last week. Unfortunately for me, I was playing against him in fantasy football. <laughs> and then one, and then Jamal Williams six carries for fourteen yards. Not too much, but hey, that's okay. Uh, he's pretty. He might be traded in this offseason, so who really cares? We got Dexter Williams and we got um, AJ Dillon out of Boston College. Yeah, you're not using by the line. Exactly. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> um, Tyler Irvin has been really surprising. Uh, we brought him back onto the team this year. Uh, mainly. In practice, he's mainly been lining up as a wide receiver, but he has also been lining up in the, as a wide as a running back. But he does bring some. He's uh, definitely uh, an impactful player on both sides of the offensive mm-hmm. of, of the offensive attack. He can catch the ball. He can run the ball. Even though he is a smaller guy and a lighter guy, he's still. I think he's twenty nine years old. And he's still playing playing pretty well considering his age and his role in the offense. Um, I think with this game, you can kind of dismiss the rumors that Aaron Rodgers is unhappy with it, with Lafleur's offensive scheme. Oh, yeah. He's oh, unhappy yeah. with just how everything's going in Green Bay. Like th- when they drafted Jordan Love, I heard Pat McAfee said like, "Oh," and Back Ty thing. Schmidt say that, "Oh, yeah, they might he might request a trade this offseason." Like Jordan Love's the future of the team, and that's just it's not just true because time. Jordan Love didn't even suit up to play the backup role. Uh, I saw that yeah. he was he wasn't even dressed. But speaking of uh, Pat McAfee, Aaron Rodgers, a recurring guest on that show every, every Tuesday. Every Tuesday, uh, he was on there today. But last week specifically, he said that he has more of a love for life. I wonder if that was him reflecting Absolutely. on what happened with Jordan Love. Um, speaking of love, and <laughs> was, was he hinting at that? I don't know. And then today, he was on there again today, Tuesday. Um, this is getting posted on Wednesday. But again, he seems like he's enjoying his life in general right now. And if you're dating Danica Patrick, I think you should be happy with him. Yeah, I mean, he's in a good spot right now, on and off the field. <laughs> um, but we should always start Gosh. talking about... Um, Packers defense. Yeah, the defense. Um, or the Saints. <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll talk about the Saints briefly afterwards, but we'll let Brandon have his moment. Christian Kirksey did get injured that game, which was a big loss. Um, we also did play without uh, Kenny Clark. Uh, he's basically our whole entire defensive line and run defense, so that you was unfortunate. You got the Smith brothers. Smith Snips. brothers. Um, <laughs> they are outside linebackers, and most of the time, the one who is rushing in the middle is Zadarius Smith, and he's not in, in a two-point stance. He's in a three-point stance. He's just yeah. standing up, yeah. running right at the center. Who is Cesar Ruiz? I think he yeah, played this Cesar game. Yeah. I think he played guard, though. Because uh, no, he, he was a center with... Uh, oh, yeah, because one of the He was at Michigan. And I think they since they drafted a... Uh, a rookie last year at the center position. Eric I think McCoy. they kept McCoy at the center position, then moved yeah. Cesar Ruiz yeah. to a guard. That was probably their plan to begin with. They yeah. were, that was not a shot Eric McCoy when they drafted him, but let's so keep going. Then, in light of that, uh, Ty Summers had to come in the game, and he finished the game with six tackles, three assists, 
no picks on the game, but a lot of good tackling is but not in the run game. Because there was obviously that big hole with Kenny Clark being out, but we did have guys like Kingsley Kiki step up, and he didn't play a horrible game, but God forbid he did not play well either. Um, then you had Darnell Savage doing his job, five tackles, two assists. Adrian Amos is still a ball hawk that he is. Hey, you're and, welcome. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we've still, I, I think this, this might actually be controversial, but I think Kevin King and Jair Alexander are a top three cornerback duo. In the they NFL. definitely are underrated. I wouldn't say top three necessarily, yeah. but I do like Jair Jordan. Alexander. I do like Kevin King. Because you saw how good the secondary was last year. Yeah. With, but I don't think... It's not as good this year right now. No, it's not no definitely not. With, well, obviously with the loss of Blake Martinez well, yeah, and one, yeah. Kyler Fackrell. Yeah. Um, but now that um, obviously Blake Martinez is gone, I think he accounted for like... 40% of our tackles last year. Yeah. He, he got, he was really good. Yeah. And then he, Sorry to Blake Martinez. I yeah, he's with the Giants. Yeah, yeah. So, um, that's unfortunate. Hey, at least he's not with the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> but now the Packers are kind of depleted at the linebacker spot, and especially with Oren Burks, uh, Ty Summers. They don't have a whole lot of depth at that position at inside linebacker, and not, and they're off, shoot, they're, um, their linebackers aren't very big either. And that's kind of a concern. Yeah. Um, they, they had a chance to draft a They should have drafted the linebacker or receiver they did, in the first Kamal round. Martin, but in, yeah. I think in the fourth round. But he got yeah. injured. Or, or he, Another no, Minnesota he guy. No, he was in Minnesota. He, he was, right? I thought he was from Florida. I don't know. Oh, look it up. Or Florida State. We'll see he was right. Um, yeah, I probably just think about Minnesota too much. <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably. I think Channon Sullivan is starting to step up in the secondary. Channon Sullivan did have a pick or a pick six last week. It was Minnesota. one of the two. Um, oh, oh, my fault. And then, obviously, uh, well, Will Redmond is still uh, doing his things. Darius Smith, um, Rashawn Gary, uh, Preston Smith are still playing at a high level. Rashawn Gary's getting up there. He's still slowly. developing. He's still is slowly. Um, he is playing behind Preston and Darius Smith yes. for most of the yeah, time. Yeah. So he hasn't really gotten the playing time. But now Matt LaFleur, or Mike Patton, rather, yeah. is using him more in his defensive schemes, and it's allowing him to grow as a player. Mm-hmm. So I feel like... The one thing that the Packers definitely need, I would have liked. I wanted Darnell Mooney out of Tulane. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then we tra- we traded. He's pretty the pick. good though. We traded the pick to the Bears, and I was just sad to see like, oh, they got Darnell Mooney right mm-hmm. after that. But I think we don't need. It's a want, but it's need. We don't need a receiver because after Devontae Adams was injured, Alan Lazard stepped up, Robert Tanyan stepped up. Those two guys made the whole pass. I mean, Aaron Rodgers will improvise with whatever, whatever yeah, the heck he happen. has. So it's not happen. a need, but it's something that they really, really want and should have gotten yeah. by this point. It's close to a need. Yeah. And if Kamal Martin was playing, I think it would have been a, definitely a, a little bit better of a game for the defense. But unfortunately, he has been injured for a while. Um, I, think he, well, I think he hurt something in one of the training camps, but... Um, but yeah, Packers all around a good game. The defense, run defense, was absolutely terrible with Alvin Kamara. It's been for a while. <laughs> with Alvin Kamara rushing, well, he only had 58 yards, but he did have that one, I think, 45 yard run on the Packers defense. So very bad on their part. But other than that, I felt like the Packers played a pretty good game. Yeah, that was a lot of analysis from you. <laughs> uh, it was good analysis, though. Yeah, it was a good analysis. But let's quickly talk about the Saints. Hey man, um, I'm the Tom Rossi of the show, yeah. all right? <laughs> I'm a big fan of Tom Grassi, by the way. 
I do know who that is. Um, I'll read off the stats for the Saints, and then we'll move on to the Monday night game. So quickly, Drew Brees, 29 for 36 with 288 yards, three touchdowns. Alvin Kamara, six carries, 58 yards. And then also Alvin Kamara leading the <laughs> um, receiving attack with 13 receptions, 139 yards, and two touchdowns. And then Emmanuel Standard got involved this game as well. That's good to see it with four receptions and 56 yards. Two things I want to point out. And a touchdown. Yeah. As well, good point. I forgot to write that down. Uh, but Drew Brees, he's been throwing really short. You he's saw that from that. He, he has, but it's just getting more exposed it's, now. It's getting more exposed. Exactly. But you see that with throwing the ball to Elvin Kamara thirteen times. So when you're throwing incredible. it to a running back, he's usually not going to be more than ten yards down the field. Kamara has the skill to be more than ten yards down the field. You could put him in the slot. But the fact is that, for, well, first of all, two eighty yards throwing a bunch of short passes that's still pretty good. Um, but that's, that's credit to Kamara, who got a lot of that run after catch. Um, so that's just something you notice from with the Saints. They're Michael thomas in this game. Hopefully, he'll be back in the future. And um, that's kind of my analysis of the game. Drew Brees getting a lot of yards, throwing the ball short. Alvin Kamara uh, going off again. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, I just think something to point out is Alvin Kamara. And the defense needs to play better, too. That's two weeks in a row. They're getting up a good amount of points. So, yeah. Just to keep it quick, I want to say that. Let's move on to the last game. All right, last way game, but it's certainly not the least game because it was the Chiefs at the Ravens, and it wasn't uh, as good as we thought it was going to be, but it was still a pretty decent game. Yeah. Uh, Chiefs ended up winning this game 34-20. Uh, Mahomes 31 for 42, 385 pass yards, four touchdowns, one rushing touchdown. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, my boy, 20 carries, 64 yards, five receptions, and 70 uh, or five receptions for 70 yards as well. Getting involved in the pass game, I love to see that from Clyde. Tyreek Hill, three receptions, 77 yards, and a touchdown. And Travis Kelsey leading the group with six receptions and 87 yards, but no spike. Um, so the Chiefs, they really bounced back from last week against the Chargers. And then for the Ravens, Jackson did not play his best game, 15 for 28 with 97 yards and a touchdown. Dobbins, four receptions, 28 yards, the leading receiver. Uh, for the Ravens, that's embarrassing. Ingram with seven carries, 30 yards, and Jackson had nine carries of his own for, I think that says, 83 or 88 yards. Yeah, it was not the game, best game for the Ravens, uh, that's for sure. We've seen better from them. I think they'll be able to bounce back. But for the Chiefs, they had an off week last week, it seemed like. Mm -hmm. We don't see that very often. They were mad, and they wanted to take it out on this Ravens team, who I think they They had... took it out in the most Chiefs way possible <laughs> by using so many different formations. Yeah. By yeah. being so, like, going over the top with all this stuff. By Mahomes having some nice, uh, weird angle throws from, like... Flipping the ball to someone, sidearm. It's just that's such a Chiefs thing, seeing all these different packages, formations. They came back in the most Chiefs way possible. Yeah, they did. Um, I mean, they're, they're such an amazing team. It's so it's going to be so tough to stop their offense. Even this great Ravens defense couldn't find a way to do it. I think Lamar Jackson said on Tuesday, which is today as we're recording this, Lamar Jackson. Um, that, that the Chiefs have been their kryptonite so far. He's 0-3 against the Chiefs. I believe so. They really have his number right it now. It wasn't the playoffs yet. Why did he play so bad? I know, yeah. I know. He's, he's, <laughs> he's supposed to play bad in the playoffs, but he's waiting a little bit. What is it? Anyway. Um, and I, I don't know. I think both teams are going to be fine. They're probably still the best two teams in the AFC at this point. But we just saw the 
Chiefs do what they do best and just dominate teams. Yeah, and one more stat I wanted to mention from Lamar Jackson. He had 28 passes in this game, only had 97 yards. Um, now, I think I think Lamar is still a good quarterback. I think he's still a good passing quarterback. And sure, there were some fair share of drops from many receivers. Uh, Mark Andrews had his fair share of drops in this game as well. Um, but you got to get more than 97 yards and 28 pass attempts when you won MVP last year and you're playing the quarterback position. That's it. Even if you got 80, still can't read my writing, maybe it says 80, 83 rushing yards, you still need to do better than that. And that's a big part of why their team lost this game. They just really went off of their identity of being a running the ball team to trying to pass the ball down the field more. They tried to out-chief the Chiefs. Yeah. Stick stick with your game. Gave it to Mark Ingram. Gave it to J.K. Dobbins. Let Lamar Jackson get some runs for his own. And just keep the Chiefs off the field with your slow but sure running game. And that's just not the strategy that they implemented on Monday night. And that's why they lost. Absolutely. I think that... I think the Ravens' offense is very one-dimensional with their running game because they don't really have good receivers. They, I mean, have, they have Marquise Brown, they have Mark Andrews, but besides those not, two... You don't have that elite yeah. deep threat. Well, you have the deep threat. I think Marquise Mark Andrews Brown. is one of the better tight ends in the league. I will That's give him that. But Marquise Brown has not impressed me enough so far. No, yeah. absolutely. If you, if you had, like... Maybe a young wide receiver like a DJ Moore, Devontae Parker, like a true number one wide receiver who's still young and developing. You still you have that in a Marquise Brown, but he's not he's more of a slot guy. He's not really more of a That's wide true. receiver one. If they go after like if they go after a veteran or a young stud. More like a Marquise offense, Goodwin kind of guy? Possibly. Yeah. Like he's an absolute burner and I think that he would be good on this team, but I mean, besides those two, you only you have Miles Boykin, you have uh Devin Devin yeah. Dubernay, Willie he scored a touchdown, by the way, and a kick return. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. And Willie Sneed. And those are the only guys that are even recognizable on this. Yeah. yeah. On this, this Ravens team, I don't think we, – we saw it last night. They're not on the same level as Kansas City. Lamar, when you shut down Lamar Jackson – I think Lamar they Jackson, are on the same level as Kansas City. No. I just think I don't. they don't match I don't. up well with Kansas City at yeah. all. Yeah. Well, with Kansas City, their offense, two is, different literally, teams. Their offense is literally unfair. Yeah. You have Travis Kelsey, oh gosh, McCole insane. Hardman, Tyreek Hill, Clyde Zeller-Hilaire, Sammy Watkins, and Demarcus Robinson, who are all absolute burners. All right. Well, I think that's all we have to say uh, about these teams. Um, I don't think there's any – we kind of talked about the storylines of the teams as we went on. Yeah. yeah. So I think we didn't talk did. about the COVID thing, but uh, – We did a little bit. Uh, well, yeah, we did. Yeah, we, we talked did, about actually, it. Right. I mean, so much happened during this podcast. But thank you guys for listening if you made it this far. Um, we're glad to have you guys here. Went longer than we anticipated, but it was as fun as we anticipated. <laughs> yes, it sure was. Um, so come back next week as we uh, will do this again. And yeah, we talked about all the games this week, so we didn't get to next week as much. We'll try and do that more as we go on. But with that, we will see you guys later. See ya. See ya.